to Blah Blah Comics 2.0. I'm Derek. I'm Colby. And we talk comics sometimes. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's actually what I'm going to keep calling the show. Um, we've talked about this a couple of times. We recently split with our former parent, um, Podcasting Network. And we're kind of, we're, we're making a change. I don't know if we're Blah Blah Comics, Blah Blah Curse Words anymore. Uh, we're definitely Blah Blah Comics something. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. What do y'all think? <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're doing a lot of new rebranding changes here. We thank all of you for coming along on this ride because we know it's always annoying to find a new feed, find a new page. But we do appreciate each and every one of you for following us over here. Uh, and for following us, you get uh, today a more traditional blah blah because there's going to be a lot of comics talk, a lot of Star Wars talk, and a lot of rambling probably because there's a lot to talk about. But for in our world, not a ton, ton of brand new things. It's true. It's true. Which, um, man, it's just uh, we are still at the mercy of COVID and um, looks to be that way for the foreseeable future. So uh, luckily, there's still, you know, comics coming out, stories being made, the occasional new bit of uh, television hitting the airwaves. Uh, And there is an unfortunate bit of news. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way, I feel like, because honestly, we were talking about this a little bit before the show. We are really not qualified to to talk at length about the news, but we did at least want to mention it because we we are a comics pop culture podcast. It feel it feel uh, neglectful if we didn't at least say it. Uh, DC had another round of layoffs that were once again announced on a Friday, which just feels super shitty. Mostly people behind the scenes. You didn't hear any creative talent getting laid off, but some kind of higher up well-known editors like uh mark doyle and uh, andy curry uh have been let go and this time there's no uh dc online event to uh coming out in a couple weeks to make us forget about it and again we know there's been nothing really said as to why these layoffs have happened uh nobody in the comic sphere knows for sure or is talking about it at least not as far as i can tell on the comics twitter that i follow it, but it is, again, something I felt like we should mention, and definitely unfortunate. I know uh, Andy Curry, uh, in particular, brought some really interesting ideas and talent to uh, DC, including, um, I want to say it was Andy Curry who uh, greenlit Omega Men for Tom King. That sounds right, it, and there's, not only on top of that, you also had a lot of uh, restructuring, where there are a lot of new people in high-up positions, you had a new editor, I believe a new editor-in-chief. A new new publisher. There's a new, new publisher. publisher. New like there were a lot of big name changes that happened in a very short amount of time. So I mean, we've talked for a while. DC is doing a huge restructure. They are planning a very different strategy for their comic books coming out over the next however long. This is a you know clearly a new plan, starting with Future State and trying out a lot of new things. And it does suck because a byproduct of that, when things get restructured and things change, is People lose their jobs, and lo- right now it's horrible because lose their jobs during a pandemic where it's hard to find new work and also where it's hard to do anything. So it does suck. We're not for even if we give praise to DC for certain comic books that come out, we're not going to pretend like the company itself isn't doing some just uh, possibly very shitty and underhanded or very regretful or very hard decisions depending on the situations. Again, we personally haven't heard enough to really say too much, and we also haven't heard any people that. We know have connections. Say what's happened for sure, right? Uh, it does suck. And it's a, it's a super fun way to start off the podcast. But again, 
I felt like it was something we had to at least, you know, acknowledge. It does. Uh, it does. And to sound like an ultimate corporate shill, you know, it doesn't suck. What's that? Uh, Mandalorian's back. <laughs> and we haven't talked about okay, any of the episodes. Um, Real, real quick, I do want to shit on uh, Disney also just a little bit. Uh, as much as we are enjoying Mandalorian, and believe me, this is about to be a very positive overall uh, look at the show. We did find out that uh, Disney possibly, I mean, we do, I, Perlmutter is still a part of Disney and a part of Marvel, donated a shit ton of money to the Trump campaign. Uh, at the same time, they laid off a lot of um, cast members from the, the part. Yeah, yeah, so that that was unfun and kind of shitty as well. I mean, so goes- again... Kind of talk nice things about Mandalorian, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's cliche and I don't even mention in a lot of ways, but it's always true that no matter how left leaning or pro people a company tends to be, uh, and when it comes to the corporate level, almost always is going to vote where they save the most money, yeah, and that's just how it's been for a very, very long time. And where who's going to save them the most money and stop them from paying the most taxes, not surprising. But it is always not a great feeling when you see companies that say one thing publicly and then behind the scenes do a very different thing. Yeah. Just what? Sadly, it is what it is. Uh, so really quick, before so we'll talk Mandalorian, so spoilers ahead. I do want to put a, a few of my gripes up at the front uh, because I do have a couple gripes and we can just talk about the good. Because like the new episode, episode three, I adored pretty much all of it. I think everybody did. The, yeah. Uh, the response to... Uh, uh, was it Bo-Katan? Yeah, Bo-Katan um, being it. Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica. I did not realize, because I didn't make it that far into Rebels, I did not realize that she was a Rebels character that has been brought to um, IRL. But I loved her on Battlestar Galactica, so that made me happy. Yes, you had, of course, the mention of Ahsoka, which will be the next place Mando's going to. Uh, for me personally, of course, you have uh, WB wrestler Sasha Banks. Uh, one of the currently one of the best female wrestlers in the world, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Period. Uh, playing one of the main characters in this episode, you had. Oh, she one of the other Mandos? Yeah, she was the other Mando. She only had a couple lines. But yeah, she was like the kind of purple-haired Mando. I did not realize that. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah I've, that, I've heard, I haven't followed wrestling enough recently to know um, her as an actual wrestler, but I have heard her and seen her uh, in very positive light in the small amount of wrestling Twitter yes. that I follow. So good, that's excellent. Oh yeah, it's also my what's her real name? Mercedes something is the real name. I can't remember her last name, but uh, yeah, she that's awesome. My only complaints. So episode one and two. Mm-hmm. One, I, I think episode one, I do have a controversial opinion on. Which is, I felt like the sheriff character felt like he was from a different show, and I didn't like him. But I know a lot of people love that character, so I'm definitely the minority on that. It was Timothy Oliphant doing Timothy Oliphant stuff, so I just, I didn't have a problem with him. I I, I understand your complaint, uh, but honestly, it didn't didn't factor into anything for me. I, I thought it was just fine. It was so weird to me to have this, like, everything grimy and grungy and guttery, and he takes his helmet off, and he's got, like, quaffed back, perfectly slicked hair looking like straight out of like true grit or something on the aristocrat side. And I was like, that's fine, man. That, I mean, he was cool. And he also, again, was had a very different kind of acting style. And I, I think a lot of people like that. So I recognize I'm a minority on that one. Cause I saw a ton of people be like, Oh, he needs his own spinoff show and all kinds of stuff. It's because people love Timothy Oliphant. Apparently just, they do. You're going to have to live, live with that. I'll be honest. Um, I did not know who this man was, but I have learned. He's people unjustified like and people adore justified. That makes sense. That 100% makes Yeah, take back my true good thing. He, that makes sense. Okay. 
Yeah, he, uh, he, he was the lead on Justified. And then... I know him because he was one of the actors that made Dreamcatcher watchable. Oh, okay. That's okay. He, he was the dude with the finger in Dreamcatcher. And then the uh, the bigger issue out with 1 and 2 is both of them felt like they didn't really move the main story along much. They, just, they almost felt like they should have been episode 4 and 5. They felt kind of more filler-esque to me. Mm, like, you kind of had... They're, they're very much... You know, Mando is looking for Mandalorians. He's yeah. got to do these jobs to, to advance his, his looking for the Mandalorians. Um, I, I I feel like they they move the story incrementally, but I do it feel like they so. moved the story a bit a bit further than uh, than you're saying. And in episode two, just to me, it felt very filler. And the thing that bugged me, I, I know there's tons of articles about uh, you know, Baby Yoda eating eggs, people having a fit. I don't fucking care about the eggs. What I do care about is there's a whole fucking little bitty subplot point in season one of. He eats the first thing. It's like, oh, gross. He eats that. He go eats another thing, and then later on, he eats another frog creature in front of a bunch of kids. They they go, oh, that's gross. He spits it out, and next time you see a frog, he doesn't eat it. Like, oh, he's learned not to eat that, and then he's fucking eating the eggs in this one. Like, Jesus. but the eggs are delicious. Maybe these, maybe the frog just didn't taste very good to him. Well, but they had a whole point of like him being shamed and him looking like, oh, he's learned not to eat that kind of stuff, and then now it's become like, oh, he just forgot that shit. This. But it, it was an egg, not a living creature that he knew. Once, it, once the, we saw in episode three that he saw that it turned into a little frog, and yeah. he didn't even try to eat the little exactly. frog. Exactly. Episode three was great, but I didn't. I also like episode two. Like every problem in that episode is caused by him eating shit. I, I, I thought episode two was weak, but I, I don't. Like. I do not have the yeah. uh, the baby yoda eating frog issue that everyone and had it, i don't care I, about him eating the frog i just care like i feel like as a character he was past that point they made a whole point about him being that was my problem with that he's a baby he doesn't really have he's much a 40 of a year old he's man derek let it go <laughs> 50 he's a 50 year old baby colby let yeah. it go uh but yeah no and i but now like the episode three he did completely didn't even try to eat anything i was just done with that uh I, episode, well, he, tried, he tried to eat that porridge and the squid like jumped in his face yeah. and that was adorable well, that was food he's okay to eat food <laughs> but it also it was weird that like the mom didn't even notice that some eggs were missing i think she did actually um she just didn't really have the reaction you think someone would have yeah i mean she's she's risking life and limb to make sure these babies get born and she if she did notice she's not gonna say hey this thing's eating my babies yeah I don't know. I don't know. It was it was episode two was not episode a particularly strong right. episode. Uh, I did like the um, we finally saw some. Uh, I guess we can't really. Uh, they're Republic pilots now. They're not Resistance bus pilots. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Seeing some X wings. It feels it's um it is the the nicest and most enjoyable kind of fan service. And yeah. I'm going to say something that sounds incredibly snarky, and I don't intend it to be, but it's going to come off that way, and I can't help that. It does kind of blow my mind that Disney, or you know, John Favreau for Disney, has managed to create this incredibly like compelling, fascinating, must-watch uh, television show where the two main characters are an action figure and a plushie. Like, they're the yeah. two most marketable things we, you can put on a television screen, yeah. and, and yet they managed to build this uh, incredible narrative around them. We didn't even mention uh, something that is the, the biggest thing to come from, and also I'm super, there's a lot of news around this, which is we did have the reveal of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. We did have, in the in the episode one, and we also had the very surprise newcomer for Variety that 
Uh, they look like they may have kept a secret till the last moment, but it looks very much like they are filming a Boba Fett show before Mando season three. Really? Yeah, I like it, uh, it kind of like last week that it looks like it may be filming as soon as like this coming week. Oh wow! Like it has been very much under wraps, and uh, that's so more than likely we may not see a lot of Boba Fett until maybe the very end to set him up for whatever's going on in well, his own be, show. I would not be surprised at all if the Boba Fett show is a prequel to Mandalorian because people are going to want to know how the hell did he get out. I mean, that's, I, it's been a question since literally 1982 or three. Yeah, I would, how, uh, how did Boba Fett get out of the Sarlacc pit? I, I think it might have a little bit of scenes, but I'm guessing it's going to be a sequel series and I, I don't think Boba Fett's going to put on his armor at all. I think he's going to, no. yeah, I think that's too Well, I mean, Oliphant had it, and then Mando took it, and yeah. as far as we know, Mando still has it with him, at least in his uh, broken-down-ass ship, uh, yeah. which is another thing I really liked about these episodes was um, the, the Razor Fist, or whatever it's yeah. called, uh, it suff- has suffered so tremendously um, over these last few shows. It's just, it's really, really cool. That feels incredibly star wars to me in fact uh in episode three when man the mando is trying to uh park the ship essentially and just as he basically manages to get it under control it loses power and falls into the drink right next to the uh, the landing pad yeah. i looked at my wife and said that feels so star wars to me oh yeah that that's that's a star, that's a star wars joke that's something you know that's that's luke crashing on dagobah that is it's just a quintessential Star Wars moment, and again, it's it's almost entirely fan service. But it's fan service done in such a, a smart and skillful way. You just got you just got to bow down to it. Yeah, when it comes down to it, if you are doing fan service in a way that is doing something interesting and is moving things forward, then at the end of the day, you're just making something fans really enjoy. Mm. I think we've, especially in Star Wars, where if you're going to give us something, it's clear that Mandalorian at least has somewhat of a plan and outline of what's going on, who's going to be introduced, even if it's just a tour through the animated universe, essentially. Right. Which I don't mind, because, again, I adore Rebels to death. I, lo- I, do. I need to finish. I need to finish Clone Wars. I, fin- I got through... I got halfway through Clone Wars, and I finished the first season of Rebels, where they introduced Ahsoka Tano to Rebels, yeah. which was a great cliffhanger, and I just I haven't gone back and finished either of those shows. I need to take advantage of my Disney Plus app and actually uh, knock those out, because I I don't feel like I'm missing anything when I'm watching um, Mando, yeah. but when I do find out something like, oh, that is a Darksaber, and this is what the Darksaber means, or like like I said, when I saw Starbuck in this episode, I was just like, oh, she's a lot of fun. I like her a lot. And then to find out, oh, she's actually a, a character from Rebels, yeah. and that's actually a big deal. Uh, it's like I do kind of feel like I'm not I'm not missing anything because they don't make it like they. It's not like the kind of Easter egg where. If, if you don't understand it, it breaks the show. But it does make me feel like, oh, God, I'm missing story that I think I would enjoy seeing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's incredibly skillfully done. Oh, very much so. And I I am loving it. I think it's also cool to have a show that I, re- reward might be the wrong word, but kind of gives people who have been watching all the animated shows and ranting and raving about the EU and other things for decades now when they get a moment to go like, oh, wow, this character is here now. It's in the most official form now. Right. It's no longer- I think reward is, is a good word, honestly. And, and the reason I think that is because there's a special endorphin hit that you get as a fan by, you know, 
Cap- insert Captain America meme here. I, I understood that reference. Yeah. There's there's a there's a, a pleasure that you feel that you are a part of a bigger collective by catching the, the, the reference that has been put in front of you. And what is so hard for so many companies is to give that endorphin hit in a way that doesn't negatively affect people who are not going to get that endorphin yeah. hit. Um, something that I think the Marvel Universe films did so extremely well for so long was make it tricked you into feeling like you needed to, but you never actually did. You never, you didn't need to see Ant-Man to understand Ant-Man's role in Civil War. Yeah. I didn't need to know that Bo-Katano was in Rebels to be like, oh, this character is badass. Yeah, she, but like, the fact that I now know that she is, holy shit, I am so going back and watching Rebels. Yeah, no, her stuff in Clone Wars and Rebels and... Every you know, yeah, all all the characters who have appearance, they so far they've not been handled. I am I am very curious because of timeline wise, they are gonna they are gonna start hitting these places where okay, how did this dark saber end up back in you know here? Aerial hands. Yeah. How did this? Yeah, okay, they're gonna start. You know, then I but I'm also very curious at how far they will go because Ahsoka is gonna be the first main character we have seen from one of those properties. Well, the other thing is, um, oh yes, I finally found it. Sorry, oh, okay. <laughs> found something broken on my floor that I've been looking for for literal months. Um, the, what's What's interesting about Mando to me is that it is uh, taking place in between. Um, you know, it takes place before Rebels, which we've already seen Ahsoka Tano ends up in. So we're actually seeing Ahsoka Tano before we've seen. In a prequel to her her last appearance, which was Rebels, because Rebels was like, wasn't it like just right either right before New Hope or right after New Hope? It's yeah, it's right, but it's right before New Hope because Rebels are like starting of the rebellion in a lot of ways. Right, and then um, uh, Mando is like five years after Empire, not Empire, sorry, Return Jedi. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So no, I'm I'm sorry, I was thinking, I was thinking it was it was uh, after. Um, for some reason, I had it placed after uh, the third film, um, oh, Revenge yeah. of the Sith. But no, you're right. It's after it is it is the sequel sequel to everything. It's it's yeah. post post canon, as they say on uh, Ao3 that I've just yeah. learned. Oh man, so my, never mind. Every everything I was about to make my point is yeah, I was about uh, to say, wrong like, yeah, we because saw my my timeline was off and I apologize. Oh, it's okay. I was about to be like, well, we saw Ahsoka literally grow up from like a twelve year old in Clone Wars. Right, and then into Rebels, and now she's going to be at her oldest. Oh, yeah. Now, I was, for some reason, I was placing Mando before Rebels. So. Oh yeah, I was going to be confused. I'm like, well, Boba Fett's there, so now I am. Yeah, confused. no, my it's okay. My brain absolutely short circuited. We're talking I about you no. Know, anytime you're talking about a property where it's talking about over two different shows that happened over two decades, we're talking about two different movie trilogies that happened over four decades, and now there's yeah, another I mean, we're movie trilogy. About and two 50, spinoff movies, years of continuity, yeah, and all the all the comics and all the other stuff. Which it does look like the Boba Fett stuff is probably picking off from the Boba Fett Alive stuff from Dark Horse, not too too long ago, like twenty eleven. Oh, interesting. See, I was I was kind of hoping it was going to be Bounty Hunter Wars, but I am not at all surprised that it is not. <laughs> uh yeah, and uh, so I'm again, I, yeah, I'm excited for it all. I'm curious to see how it'll go, and especially after this episode, which really pushed a lot of stuff forward and really had some great action and great moments yeah uh, and also seeing mandalorian like setting up why he doesn't take his helmet off but why other 
other Mandalorians we've yeah, seen. Yeah, because I remember when Mando, uh, the first season one came out, there were a bunch of, you know, quote-unquote think piece articles about, you know, well, this just destroys the character of Sabine and blah, 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 yeah. blah. And it's like, I, you know, I, I and I'm sure there are going to be some internet people out there crowing and being like, oh, look at this mistake that I found that Disney had to go back and fix. I'm sure there was a plan the entire goddamn time. And if there wasn't, who the fuck yeah. cares? It's a fictional property. They'll do whatever the fuck they want. I hope it's just Sabine. Sabine's like my all-time favorite Star Wars character. If we so can many see people her. love Sabine. My brother adores Sabine. I would yeah. be I would be shocked if we don't see Sabine and Doctor Aphra in some manner in these shows. If we if if Doctor Aphra does not show up in live action sometime in the next oh I'm gonna be conservative and say three years I will eat a bug. Well, yeah, I was going to say a hat, but those, that's just too difficult. I, if there's if there's not Doctor Afra in some in live action in some form or fashion by 2023, by the end of 2023, I will eat a bug. That is my solemn promise to you, sir. I feel like they're going to have to. Cause at this point, you have Mandalorian. It's looking like the Boba Fett show. We also have the Obi Wan show. Like mm. there's gonna be, which I still I'm still curious about what the Obi Wan show is going to be. That's going to be a whole. Doctor Afra is by far the biggest and most marketable character that Marvel Star Wars yeah. has created by it's far. Very true. Like that is a Marvel character that So there is there is literally that is that that is the easiest one to make and market new new material off of because they own everything about her. Yeah, no, it is uh it makes it makes sense for them to do that. I I think a lot of people would enjoy it, especially right now where Mandalorian is doing so well, and there's a lot of hype for other shows, and we're all and also the fact that um, uh, Doctor Afra is a lesbian, and it would not hurt to beef up your LGBTQ plus presence in in the wider Star Wars verse, in and I think a really powerful and telling way. Yeah, especially with the mo- the movies right now are in such a weird place where I don't know I don't know what they'll do with that. That's a I, whole nother. I think. I think the whole plan for the movies is to just shut the fuck up and kind of hold off for a minute because yeah. the last both the last two films were unfortunately so divisive, um, and then Mando is is getting such almost universal praise yeah. that I really feel like Disney and the people you know running the the show behind the scenes yeah. are smart enough to realize with you know that they see where the bread's coming from, they see where they're they're you know. The people are responding, and uh, I mean the the Game of Thrones guys dropped out of their movie contract. The, originally, it was going to be an Obi Wan movie and a Boba Fett movie. Now they're Obi Wan TV and Boba Fett TV. I mean, I think I think the writing's on the wall as far as Star Wars films. The the, the uh, not wonderful um, critical critical and financial reaction to Solo. I think they they've really. They know where their bread's buttered. If I'm going to pull yeah. out another random metaphor out of my ass, <laughs> the t- TV looks to be the future of Star Wars, and that's I feel like a wonderful thing. Uh, Star Wars thrives in serialized storytelling. Yeah, uh, and I, I think it's a, I think it's a smart move. I, I agree. Yeah, I think after because I and also we're not mentioning it is because of the Stagecraft Studios where they shoot Mandalorian and are looking like shooting the Boba Show. That is uh, a very safe, in this current climate, very safe way to shoot, very uh, inexpensive way to shoot, comparatively, and you can make it quick, where uh, movies are expensive, hard to make, and then also need to make a huge profit, and I I have seen, there have been constant rumors about, oh, Solo 2's happening, like, no, the director keeps saying he wants it to happen, that doesn't mean 
it will happen. That just means that right. the director wants to make another Star Wars movie. That's not a crazy right. thing in this <laughs> world. And uh, I don't, again, but I'm not saying another solo thing won't happen. I think another solo project will definitely happen, but I would be more convinced that the solo cast and crew may show up in a show over Solo 2. I absolutely think that. And I will say, um, to kind of sp- uh, cut off my own nose to spite my own face, Ryan Johnson continues to say that he, he's not been given any kind of, you know, pencils down on his Star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also, I mean, there's there's definitely no forward momentum on that either. And um, yeah. I think, I, I do think we're going to see more Ryan Johnson Star Wars eventually. But I, I doubt it's anytime soon and I, again i wouldn't be surprised if it's no longer a film franchise yeah at this point in time i wouldn't be surprised if maybe even like a disney plus special of some kind right I just, oh speaking of did you see that there's a, a lego a lego star wars disney special um hitting i think next week i think maybe by the time this airs it's going to be the week of its uh, release which is kind of delightful that's also i wonder who the fuck's making that now um, I don't know if it's the if it's the Lego Movie teams or what. I, I don't think it's Phil Lord and Chris Miller. No. I didn't really. I've only like watched a bit of the trailer because it just looked like fun. But I just like that's that's a really wonderful thing to do. I'm yeah. very happy for them to do it. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's very cool. I'm I, there's a lot of that kind of stuff where I hope Disney because Disney right now I'm going to say right now something that I think a lot of people know. Disney's bragging hardcore about their number base, but I also think their base is inflated as fuck because they keep doing promotional giveaways and shit like crazy. Right now, right now, just in my world, I know uh, if you get Xbox Game Pass, you have a month of you have a month of Disney Plus. Uh, there was something else I was doing that gives you like two months of Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of little things like that. Of, oh, well, here, you just get this for free. You get this free. And I think it's 100% just because they want their numbers to look like they're increased over last year. Maybe they are. And with Mandalorian, they probably are helping. I was, was going to say, yeah, they put out two seasons of Mandalorian <laughs> in one year. Because you remember, uh, it, Disney Plus launched with Mandalorian at the beginning yep. of 2020. So, And it's also the only – well, I can't say that. It's, it it well, feels man. like yeah. – it's, it's the first big, big show release. I mean you've had Netflix and Amazon do a lot of uh, movies. They've had a couple of shows drop that have had well, I mean, you know pretty good critical impact, but Mandalorian is the first it's the first water cooler show. Oh yeah. In a long time. Well, Mandalorian you've had well I I, I I would say right now we're going over Netflix. You have a, you've had a fleet cuz between Umbrella Academy and The Boys, I feel like both those had a pretty okay. big cultural impact. That's true. I, I'm oh man, you're right. I'm absolutely discounting uh, how hard the boys season two hit. You're absolutely right. So yeah, good good on Amazon. I'm glad that they're also you know putting up some some solid competitive numbers. That's a that's a solid thing. Uh, and should mention uh, Umbrella Academy season three did get renewed for that season, so that's cool. Hooray! Uh, yeah, I don't I, like it, but I know a lot of people yeah, do, and I'm very happy it. for them. It's pro. It's still pro. That and Doom Patrol are my favorite of the live action superhero shows. Still, I still only watch Boy Season Two. Uh, uh, dude, Boy Season Two is fucking brilliant. I, I keep here. I, I will. I'll, I'll watch it. It, it. it did such an amazing job of translating a lot of real world issues and I know you hear that all the time but it did a really tremendous job of translating real world ideas and concerns into and imprinting them on the superhero reality in a way that feels incredibly cognizant and just smart about 
what what knowing the, what the show itself is, which is unfortunate because Eric Kripke then gave an interview after the season finale and was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Um, really kind of trash talked some stuff that was like, oh, we were really giving you credit for that. But if you ignore that and just be like, just take the material on its own merit, it's uh, it's fan-fucking-tastic, dude. Yeah, no, I, I hear nothing but great stuff. But yeah, no, I mean, well, whenever Disney Plus launched, like, last October, November, whenever it was, yeah, you've had mm-hmm. Mandalorian, Hamilton, Mandalorian. Yeah, but every one of those was a huge cultural event spike. Yeah. And when, I, I guarantee you, when WandaVision finally fucking hits, it's going to hit like a fucking tsunami. Because oh I feel God. like, you know, you were, you were saying, you were saying when uh, Spider-Man Far From Home came out, you're like, we need a break oh, we do. from the Marvel Cinematic I, Universe. We got one. There's not on, been a Marvel, there's not been anything Marvel released in 2020. Yeah. This is the first year since 2009. There's been no Marvel release. And I do think... I genuinely think that when the Marvel material starts coming out again, I think it's going to be water in the desert to certain uh, fans. I think WandaVision is going to just crush. And I think Black Widow is actually – it's gone from, oh, God, Black Widow may tank to I think people are going to be so excited to see a Marvel movie in the theaters again if that's where they end up releasing it. It's going to break crazy bank i think more people are gonna be very excited for all stuff so the big caveat if theaters exist yeah um yeah i recently saw that the time for a uh theater stimulus is rapidly running out and that's well it's also because amc has now had i think it's amc one of the major ones that's had like three government loans and is now taking loans from other places and are yeah yeah amc because they also launched that program last year where they were already losing money even though they were about to start gaining money yeah, it's uh oh yeah the the because the, um, they they had a, com, a, com, a competitive idea for yeah. uh, whatever that stupid thing was that lost everybody so much money um, and, it was, and it was, was ridiculous and terrible. It had started making money for them. Uh, a list or Alamo something was like about that. to roll, roll one out. Alamo's version of that, I wish I could remember what it's called, think, was in the beta stages, and yeah. like it had been it had been available for about two weeks in my city before COVID shut everything yeah, down. I think AMC was a list. I want to say. Yeah, that sounds right, but yeah, I don't know because that's the problem with every time they get delayed. Is for one, tenant proved that you know people, some people want to go, but it's not this crazy, this crazy like tsunami of people that they thought would be. There's right. also a lot of the longer theaters stay closed, the more people just are not in the habit of going, and also the longer they aren't open the more and more money they lose. And with so many movies now moving, almost almost every major movie moving out of this year uh, with a couple that are still saying they might, but it's looking very doubtful. Oh, I, I, I would be shocked. If Wonder Woman releases Christmas Day, I'll be fucking shocked. Well, there's a, so right now, that we can kind of go into this, there's a big, not they, this rumor persists, even though they say it doesn't, but there's been more and more talk of Wonder Woman now, it's gone from it won't release digitally, they want theatrical window to it releasing christmas day and the big rumor now that it will release christmas day with a very short window and then come out digitally very shortly after interesting which in this current climate i mean i could see theaters making i mean you already see it like that movie freaky uh came out in theaters yesterday when we're recording this and it will be available digitally in two weeks 
didn't realize it actually made it out physically. I might, <laughs> if our drive-in is still open, I might go try to see it. Um, yeah, uh, I was going to say, there was somebody on Twitter, and I, I wish I, I knew what his sources were, but I can absolutely buy what he's saying, which was basically um, theaters, the theaters that opened, or uh, they opened basically on hubris. Like, all yeah. theater owners genuinely thought that they were going to be turning people away at the door because of the um, half seating theater restrictions. They really, really thought that people were just absolutely literally dying to, yeah. to get back to the movies and were absolutely shocked when they opened theaters, even with, um, you know, precautions and capacities. And, so few people did. It was a, it was a bad gamble, a bad miscalculation, and they ended up spending a lot of money they didn't have trying to open theaters for people who didn't want them. Yeah, I think uh, coming up, we have a huge test with. I think it's a bigger test than Mulan, which is Soul. Mm -hmm. I truly think Soul's gonna. I think Soul has the potential to make a shit ton of money. Yeah. I, uh, with it being releasing the holidays. With it being a Pixar film, with it being a film the, that, the Pixar film Christmas Day release, yeah, yeah that is not nothing. That's that's actually pretty fucking big. Yeah, because had Mulan got incredible reviews, I may have been tempted, uh, and I'm also biased because Soul's got some of my all time favorite musicians doing the score for it. But it is a uh, it is 100 percent gonna be something I get, and I think a lot of people on the holidays are going to get it to watch with their families, to watch with their kids, to do. A million things. That one will be a much bigger test, and I, yeah, I don't know about the MC, the MC movies, the Sony movies, the WB movies, all these giant tinpole films that need to make eight hundred million dollars to make profit. Mm -hmm. I just I don't know because it's also they well. Keep, also, the other thing you have to consider is they've you know Black Widow, Wonder Woman eighty four. A lot of those um, they've already spent their promotional budgets. Yeah, they've already put out you know because of contract issues they've already put out the the toys and the, the tie in stuff. Yeah, that's a, I've, I've seen Wonder Woman eighty four toys on clearance. Yeah, at no, Target. I I have too. I've seen them at Walmart on sale. I've seen today. It made me sad when I went to Target and I saw Dune figures. And I was like, man, oh, I kind of want these because, one, I kind of want them because I, love, I really love Doom, but also I kind of want these because yeah. these could be worth a shit ton of money in a year because uh, no mm -hmm. one's going to buy them right now. Yeah, man, I didn't know that. I'm uh, Oh, shit, I was supposed to go to Walmart today because they have some of their Black Friday stuff on sale. Yeah. Supposedly they have their uh, Watchmen for 10 bucks. the the show. I, um, I believe they do because I was there and I saw, I did in fact see Watchmen in one of the piles, so. Nice. Yeah, no, I... I might, I might try to swing by there tomorrow to grab that. And also, look for some Dune figures, because yeah. you are not wrong. Somebody somewhere in a couple of years is going to pay, like, top dollar through the nose for that shit. You know, it, it's insane. And also, I kind of want them, too. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Aware. Like, I kind of want them. Uh, and that's, another, that's the one that hits me personally hard, because I didn't feel the news one of my favorite directors. Uh, Dune's could be incredible. Uh, I... It's another set. That that one might be the one that hits me personally the hardest. Yeah. Because I was hoping that that movie. There's a few that I hope like, oh, maybe it will come digital if anything. I don't know. We'll. Uh, but that's another one that has to again has to make some money. What some people aren't talk, thinking about it, like, oh, let's push it, let's push it. Well, it's like, yeah, but again, if the theaters if they have to keep pushing and theaters don't make money, what's going to happen in a world where we now have all these tinpole films that are in the vault? And there's, you know, 40% of theaters are closed. Yeah. Like, and not, like, not closed like now, but, like, not reopening closed. Right, exactly. Like, theaters are on the, 
like downslope of going away forever. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is something that we have to reckon with. The one thing no, I mean, I have preached for a long time, but a lot of people aren't talking about is like COVID. Whether whether you know in uh, in seven months we forget it, in seven years we forget it. No matter what is going on with it, I think it accelerated the timetable of movie theaters dying, of physical media dying by like ten years. Yeah, I still, I don't know. I am, I'm one of those people, and maybe because I'm such a Luddite, I, I don't see physical media just going completely well, one, away. One of the but I do, I do, I am worried about theaters. I don't think physical media will necessarily fully go away. I think it will kind of be what what happened in the music industry, where I think you'll still have like the vinyl collector people who, hey, you buy directly from the from the place, you get this vinyl, that's great. It comes all this extra shit. You get all this cool package. I do think the days of going to the store and having this giant selection of things, of Blu-rays or movies. Oh, that's already happened. Yeah. Because the Target, their, their uh, DVD Blu-ray selection has um, oh, yeah. just cru- crushed down. Yeah. It's it's almost non-existent. Uh, I, another good example right now, uh, we just had the new Xbox and PlayStation come out. They both had a digital version. The digital versions were selling way faster, so fast that oh, yeah. even though the physical versions, like they're both sold out, but even though the physical versions sold uh, were a hundred dollars more on both, there are cases of us on Sony and Xbox of having to send the physical edition to people who ordered the digital edition because they could not manufacture enough of the digital fast enough. Right. Like that's just, and even for me, like if I had better internet, I would be completely completely digital on most not on everything like again I, I think i'll always buy whatever my favorite things are i think there'll always be a market for for people who want the tangible expensive version of certain things and, and very nice things very cool things but yeah I, I don't think anymore the days of everything getting a physical release and everything getting you know on the same shelf i definitely think covid made that go from okay that'll probably go away 2030 to now okay that'll probably go away like 2021 2022 yeah, I mean, I, I I hate that that is probably right. It's so funny. I was um I've been doing a lot of uh well I've been cleaning out the storage shed for my old bookstore that I used to own, um and doing some uh, buybacks with the local used uh, bookstore, um and I've kind of been supplementing it occasionally with you know some of my own books or graphic novels or movies, just anything that I also feel like I want to get rid of, and um I recently did a. a a scour of my graphic novel collection, and it was like I—I I think I'm done. I think I'm done pulling stuff. I've—I've—I've I've, uh, I've got. I can't think. I can't feel. I don't feel right getting rid of anything that I own. I think I've pulled out everything superfluous from my graphic novel collection. Uh, I uh, just eyeballing the shelves. I easily have over a thousand graphic novels. Yeah, I mean, it can be. It can be very difficult because when you start accumulating, you start having your favorite things. Yeah, you don't want to get rid of it and. And you don't also you also you know don't want to think of a world where new favorite things aren't treated the same way as previous things you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't I, yeah I don't know what it means because we're seeing a lot of interesting things again. Future states gonna be another big test. Yeah, how it's handled and how things go, but also it may already be decided in a lot of ways because if you just look at the teams that are putting in charge, I think future states one of the first ones where I think they are aiming for digital to be a much more priority than maybe even physical stores. Period. Right. I think that's a big reason why they're doing the more bang for your buck model with all the anthologies and then having one shots. I I don't know for sure on all this, but I definitely see 
I think the writing's on the wall in a, for a lot. And I think you can still evolve and have physical things feel important and physical things feel better and have this great collecting market. But man, yeah, movies, because people just keep on acting like, oh, it's okay, we'll keep pushing it, we'll keep pushing it. It's like, yeah, but if, if this thing does, like right now, just, you know, on the bright side, say on the bright side, March, April, we start opening theaters again at, you know, 20, 30, 40%. Say by summer we're back to you know pretty close to full. That's still another eight months of movie theaters not being able to make anywhere near what they made a year ago. Yeah, and that's again on a bright side. Of <laughs> if all this vaccine stuff goes okay, if all this other stuff happens, and yeah, that's that's the sad reality. Where is it going to be possible for a movie like Black Widow? Once you again, once you have to throw in promotion again for it to even make its money back. Even with everyone being excited, yeah, uh, I don't know for sure. I I hope so. I hope because who knows? I'm saying this now, but for all we know, maybe come you know. There's also the weird world of, or the world is weird. If 2020 saw us anything, and then for all we know, come April next year, it'll be like, oh, uh, Black Widow's made a billion, 1.5 billion dollars. Like, okay, <laughs> I guess things are getting back to normal for real in the theater world, right? Who knows? I mean, I, I obviously I would hope for that. I, I don't think, but I, who again? I, who would have guessed we would have been here? Right. Exactly. So, not to be dour about all that, but yeah, I, Disney. It's it's interesting. It's very interesting, and with the world of Disney Plus and HBO Max and everything else, uh, everything else not Peacock. I feel like Peacock's the one that I don't know what. Oh the, yeah, Pe- Peacock, Elia, and Cubie, um, basically uh, just was slaughtered i mean never had any interest could not get anyone even remotely excited um died in a trash fire could not sell the remains ferengi style qb um i mean just i cannot think of a of a worse fate to to befall a streaming service i mean at least peacock had people tune in the first week to watch the second psych movie yeah qb just man well, Cubie's a QB, weird one. Cubie was murdered. Yeah, it's a weird one because that fucking owner blaming COVID. It's like I don't know if, this is a, if the COVID killed that when other platforms are actually experiencing an increase. Like, yeah, there are certain things it, that it, have. I mean, not to, not to get political, but it's like Donald Trump losing money on a casino. It's like how how do you lose money on a streaming yeah. platform in in a lockdown when everybody is staying home and watching television? Yeah. You have you have to go out of your way to run your streaming platform so shittily that nobody's interested, which is exactly what happened. And yeah, it goes back to like there are certain things that yeah, like podcast numbers are down, but I think a lot of that's because I think a lot of people listen to podcasts on the drive while working, while traveling, while doing things, and. That's one reason those are down. There's other YouTube is, has similar problems, but uh, Netflix and streaming things where you have to sit down for your TV, those have gone up, and uh, mm-hmm. I can't believe that went that way. Yeah, I uh, I know this conversation's going all over the place, but also this is going to be a weird week because, I, yeah, I keep thinking, like, yeah, there's a lot to talk about, but there's, like, two main things to talk about for us. Uh, although, uh, is there anything else in the movie world we need to talk about? Because I was going to say, we may switch over to comics. Cause it's, it's, I feel like... I feel like it's time to switch over to comics. I think uh, that's a, I think that's an appropriate, um, not quite, yeah, uh, segue. So uh, I want to start off by saying, uh, really quick, uh, Killjoy's National Anthem two came out. Uh, we just put up the Dangerous Humans review of that. That is on. If you're on iTunes, you're on Spotify, you're on YouTube, wherever you're listening to this on, 
it is on the same channel you're on right now. You can go listen to me and Daniel talk about it uh, because I know Derek, uh, the, my lovely co-host, did, did not read it. I guarantee you, and it's okay. I did not. It's fine. <laughs> it's not. It's it's great. It's incredible. Uh, I love the death. The art is amazing. It's, oh, because you were you weren't a super fan of the first issue, right? No, I loved it. I love, I love oh, okay. the first issue too. I, I, I thought there was an issue of something Gerard Way re- wrote recently where you're just like I, I didn't love this, and I'm no. I'm really in a position where I'm weird weirded out for not loving it. Luck, luckily, not the case so far. He's the man. The man's not let me down. Uh, okay, I'm thinking of something else then. Uh, also, the uh, death metal, infinite hours, extreme metal, uh, whatever the long title, which is all focused on Lobo, with a shit ton of fun. It's the best Lobo book I have read, in probably. Uh, it's a mess modern Lobo book, period. And that's not saying nice. a, that's not saying a ton in fairness, but it is great. And Becky Clune had a great story in it. Uh, there's lots lots of great shit in there. Uh, New Japan, uh, one of my favorite wrestling companies in the world, they released their uh, first big manga. It's been out in Japan for a while, but now it's in English on Comic Dology, New Japan Academy, a really fun kind of quirky take on, of course, a high school story because for some reason every manga, as anyone knows, has to take place in high school. Obviously. And so it just moves New Japan as a high school tournament thing, which is still a blast. Dude, okay, I'm going to interrupt you for just a second because you reminded me. I haven't talked about um, a very, very, very kind person on Twitter um, bought me the um, Kodasha Horror Humble Bundle. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really been able to dig too deeply into it, but I did read Dissolving Classroom and the first volume of a manga called, I believe, Gleepnir. Interesting. Um, yes, okay, so... Dissolving Classroom, I think it's just a, it, it didn't, I don't believe has any follow-ups. I think it's just a one volume story and it is the most disturbing thing I've ever read. Mm. Yeah, it is, it is creepy as fuck. It's basically three short tales about this young man in high school, obviously, and his little sister. And we don't, we never get exactly what happened for sure because, um, all the backstory is usually provided by the insane little sister, and she's an unreliable narrator. But apparently, at some point in his past, the older brother uh, tried to make a deal with Satan or talk to Satan, has, has some kind of communication with Satan. And um, in the first story, I'm just going to run all these, so spoiler alert. Awesome. In the first story, he basically orgasms when he apologizes to people, but also by apologizing to them it melts their brains and that's where the dissolving classroom thing comes from he's literally dissolving people's brains by constantly apologizing over and over oh um and his sis- his little sister is just this the way she's drawn is just creepy as fuck she has these really like fucked up crazy eyes that i don't know how the artist managed to pull it off but they're just creepy as shit and uh she's basically like i said more or less the uh the narrator uh kind of gives you an idea of why these events are happening um also likes to oh there's actually four stories i'm sorry there's four short stories uh likes to taunt the people um her brother is victimizing again it's it's super creepy um in the second story uh we find out that this guy this constant apologizing also uh really enjoys or gets off on dating these women who he compliments incessantly but every compliment like destroys them and makes them ugly Mm. just it's a physically 
diminishes them even as he's telling them that they're beautiful. And it, it turns out it's because he's he's not complimenting them. He's complimenting Satan, who is slowly, like, deforming them every time he says something nice about Satan. Um, yeah, there's a sto- the next the story about uh, his little sister, like, falls in love with this young boy, so they kidnap him and torture him. Um, and then at the end... He's confronted by one of his victims from the Dissolving Classroom story who um, her brain – she fainted while he was in the middle of an apology, so her brain's not completely liquid, but she has brain damage. And we find out that Satan's been manipulating events so that um, she can get destroyed and also he's going to go on TV and just start apologizing to everybody on television. And it's just this this, this big uh, – Climactic, everything is terrible. We're all fucked ending. Uh, kind of like the way Nameless ended, that yeah. Grant Morrison, Chris Burnham story, where it was just like, oh shit, there is nothing, there's no happy ending here. Everything is just terrible and bad. And uh, yeah, that was the entirety of Dissolving Classroom. Um, it's incredibly fucked up. And I think it just became available in English very recently. Um, it was uh, part of the top tier of the Humble Bundle, so it was like one of those, if you donate as either 15 or 20 bucks, then you get Dissolving Classroom by itself. So it was, apparently it's kind of a big deal. Um, but it was horrifying. <laughs> I'll have to look that up. I have not heard that. It's, it's, I think you would dig it. It's, that sounds uh, like it's, it. It's, it is, it's, it's, it's very much up your alley, but it's also just like mid is disturbing as fuck. And then the other one I read was actually a ton of fun. Um, and I'm kind of sad it only gave me one volume. I guess I think there's like four volumes of Gleetonier out now. But the idea is it's kind of a werewolf story except for the uh, kid in high school because, of course, um, it doesn't turn into a werewolf. He turns into like this fucked up version of a school mascot. Like he's like seven feet tall and plush and looks kind of like a teddy bear, but he's also also like super strong and the little toy gun that he has is that actual gun and again spoiler alert for the end of the volume he's okay so at the beginning of the volume in the first story he saves a girl from a fire who it turns out was trying to kill herself by basically staying in a house that was on fire so she's kind of morbid by the end of the story they find out that she can operate him like a mech because she can get into the suit there's a zipper on the back they unzip it and she gets inside and can basically operate him even though he is the creature itself and has previously had autonomous movement um it's a lot of fun. It's weird as hell, but it is a ton of fun. And uh, apparently, I was reading some of the some reviews for some of the later volumes. Apparently, it gets dark. Like by volume four, apparently the story gets super, super dark. But I deeply, deeply enjoyed it. I wish I knew if I was pronouncing the title correctly, but that's how it looks like on on the manga. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't read a ton ton of manga, but I've, I've read both of those. And you mentioning that uh, also, which I am. Probably gonna have to wait for uh, my next paycheck, but I'm gonna go ahead and pick up that New Japan Academy since it's on oh, Comicsology. Yeah, I want to give it a shot. It's really fun. It's it's interesting because they do dive into reassigning all the wrestlers, and it's a very unique New Japan. New Japan's done this before with like some anime and stuff, but it's always weird. Like, oh yeah, these are just like, and there are those WWE comics and those AEW ones coming, and I haven't read the WWE ones as much, but right. it's always interesting to like see. The wrestling, especially the focus on the character and not the person at all. It's an right. interesting. It's always an interesting, fascinating trip. To be like, oh. I gotta say, there was there was that one. I think pretty short lived WWE comic where like John Cena was like on the run, or maybe it was CM Punk, and like um, 
Triple H was like a sheriff of a small town who was hunting him down, and it was like casting all the WWE guys as like, like, yeah, I think like Titan or somebody put it yeah, out. Yeah, I think it they did still, not last long. Well, like they but, still, they still do. Uh, one of my most in, the interesting ones for me was uh, they had one not too long ago where everything was kept in gimmick, and it was like it was an NXT book, and it was Dusty Rhodes going to find all the like the famous NXT wrestlers, to, like going to a swamp and finding Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family. Going to this like super athletic place to find Seth Rollins, got like, and it's like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting to go, oh, this far in character, right? Yeah, yeah, those are those are really interesting. That's always those are always really fun to me, and uh, yeah, I definitely kind of prefer those kind of WWE stories where it's just like, let's embrace the weirdness of what this concept actually is and and do something with it. Oh yeah, I think something completely bonkers. Those are a comic and anime and a show and stuff works so well for wrestling where you can just completely lose yourself in the character and never have not really, you don't really have to fight as much as, you know, that, uh, fighting the fourth wall as much or fighting right. your power. Well, the the, the Fago is real because it's fiction. You yeah. don't have to worry about the, you know, the fact that you have a real name and a family, etc. Yeah, exactly. Just having to fight that wall of make sure people know it's real or fake or, or different, or this, or that, or have, not having to fight all those thoughts of people, and just go like, oh yeah, this is fun. Is, yeah. uh, and especially in Japan, because Japan wrestling has always been treated so differently, because it never had the upbringing it did in America, so it's, everything that comes from there, especially that wise, is so just different. It's a bizarre, but fun read, to go like, oh yeah, this is very Japanese, but also you can see the wrestling in it first and foremost, which is something that I think here, especially comics, that are a problem with. Even the ones that go folks to kayfabe, they almost have to like find these convoluted reasons to put them in a ring. It's like oh, you can just put them in a ring, just go for it. No, and that, that's actually again that's what I liked about the, the little series that I read was that there was always a fight, but it was always like a street fight. Yeah. Or, you know, they, they 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 definitely focused on the fact that these guys could you know the the the, the action was a part of it, but there there was never like it was never like Jim Cotto where there was like you know for some reason a pommel horse in the middle of an alley. It was yeah. Just, the, the, you know, if these guys needed to brawl, they could they could brawl. You know, there's a bar brawl. You know, yeah. it, it, it fit into the story. That's that's fine. You don't need, you know, you you never need the squared circle there. Not not in a story like that. No, you, there's a million ways to tell, and I think uh, this is definitely a really good attempt. I I hope with the AEW books, maybe they'll do more along the lines of just trying a very unique take on things instead of just. You know, we already have wrestling. You don't need to just tell the same stories you can tell in the ring. You need to take advantage of. What you do in a comic book. Exactly. We have. We already have this. And what you can do in anime or whatever else. Uh, speaking of that, on a somewhat level, I have been catching up on the uh, the uh, Kyle, Kyle Higgins Power Rangers books. Uh, you were saying that, yeah. I finally see what all the hype's about. Because, yeah, they're actually really, really good. Like Shattered Grid and Lost Grid and whatever all the grid books are. Like, they're all actually fractured I'm going to be totally honest. I read the first two or three issues of the very first one, and there was just too much Bulk and Skull for my taste. Oh, yeah. See, I could... I can see that. I, uh, I will say the mo- the main one I'm reading now is Shattered Grid, and it is great. I love all the... What, Lord, what's his name? Lord Draken? Dracon? How do you say it? Mm-hmm. Uh, all that stuff is great going into the, the Dimport lore, especially now that uh, Saban's talked about how they have a big plan to kind of relaunch and reboot everything Power Rangers as an interconnected... Of course, it makes sense, but I think you could possibly do it with Power Rangers of a interconnected like comic show and possible new movie universe and uh right absolutely although that new movie i that new movie still it still kind of befuddles me on why it didn't make more money so i don't know 
I don't know for sure what they can do, but I do believe there is an avenue to make it profitable. Right. Because I fell, I fell to believe that we live in a world where Transformers can make a billion dollars and Power Rangers can't. Uh, yeah, and I'll say this is somebody who actually really enjoyed the Power Rangers movie and has a two-disc special edition Blu-ray of yeah. it. Uh, it's kind of a goddamn mess, and they they changed they 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 went too far in the the modernizing changes. I feel like okay. it's kind of like how it you know I really do think changing it from Ninja Turtles back to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I think helped the two uh, Platinum Dune or whatever the fuck uh, those two movies were. Uh, in terms of just name recognition, if you, you can't take too much away from these things, and taking out the Mighty Morphin, I think it's just it's, it's kind of indicative of how many unnecessary changes were thrown into that film. As, as again, as much as I enjoy it, and as much as I think they did a really tremendous job um, modernizing yeah, I, the story, I agree. I think you have to, if you're going to go that way, you have to go more that direction, or you have to introduce. Like, again, the idea of the grid and introduce how every team is connected or some shit like that. Right. You can't just keep it. Have you read um, the, the, the current story that's going on with uh, Pink Ranger? A uh, little Lost, bit. Last like, Ranger, Lost Ranger, whatever yeah, it is. Like Kimberly? Like, yeah, I've read a little bit, and it's it's also really, really good. Cause that, that stuff kind of spins out of a lot of stuff that was set up in all the grid stories. And okay. Well, I'll tell you what, if uh, if they ever do a Power Rangers Humble Bundle, I will absolutely pick it up because you've definitely got me curious. It's very cool. Like, uh, It's very interesting. Uh, they they pulled some stuff like in Grid within like the third issue. They It looks like I get and it's fun because I haven't read enough where because Lord Draken is basically an alternate universe version of Tommy if he had continued being the Green Ranger for Rita Repulsa and oh, okay. just basically won and taken over. So he has this cool combo like green and white armor and with gold accent is like a combination of both the famous Tommy suits. Uh, and then like the third issue of it, he killed strip kills the main Tommy. Oh shit. Uh, and they have funeral, have all the stuff trying to figure it out. And then you have the time Rangers come in and it's all about him going to these different Ranger groups and taking, uh, pieces of their, uh, morphers, uh, to take more and more of the grid for his army. And it's just like, it's a really actually fun, interesting story. That I could totally that see. Sounds really smart. Yeah, I, I think it could be a really good basis for a possible movie. Honestly, it's it's really you've, it's you've really absolutely fun. sold me. You've won me over. I'm I'm very very curious about this. That's some that's some really cool storytelling ideas for sure. Oh, yeah. oh. especially for that property. And uh, and news that uh, I can tell you because if we do get to it again, it'll be a long ways off. Uh, newest spawn. The, they did have the first full-on, like, both awake and aware meeting of uh, both Spawns, Al Simmons, and Jim Downing. Oh, interesting. Which was a really cool little thing of trying to trying to go kind of their, their stories are finally combining because they're finally doing something with it. And, again, ever since, like, two – ever since McFarlane saw that 300 was in his grasp and could get it, the stories have been really good and they continue to be good. He's been really reinvigorated and – it's shocking because going back and reading uh, what we're doing at Respawn and now this, it, you're kind of getting that level of McFarlane again from those like neat closer past 50 issues of every issue is just really fun. There hasn't been a shit issue. That's fantastic. That's really, really good to hear. Yeah. Um, I'm thrilled. Yeah. Like reading Spawn, both old and new, and both of them being equally exciting, refreshing. And still, but also both still feeling very much like the character. That's something we haven't talked about on Respawn because it really hasn't become an issue yet. But it's amazing that the dude's got 300 plus comics and Spawn always feels like Spawn. 
almost worries me a little bit just because Spawn, you know, now that we're 60 some odd issues in, and I, I was, I've started my Spawn homework for Respawn uh, next week. Yeah. Al Simmons is kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, he always has an asshole, a little bit of an asshole tint to it. Uh, but there's, there's normally decent reasons. Like he, he typically has pretty good. He's got a pretty fucked up life. I can yeah, see that man, there's, there's some stuff I definitely want to talk about next week. Yes. Uh, when we do our next respawn for sure. Uh, now we have to get to, I think it's time to get to controversial topics. Number two. And this one in fairness is not as controversial as me. I, no matter love him or hate him. We, I think we have both opinions here. Uh, X of Swords took a weird-ass turn. It absolutely did, and um, I, I've, I've drank the Kool-Aid. I'm down, and I look forward to defending um, most of the choices that were made in the three issues that dropped this week. Um, there's definitely something that I'm just I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to lay it at the feet of Teeny Howard's plotting. Um, there's there's um, while I think the overarching story that happens in Excalibur this week is absolutely fine. There were there were definitely some uh, character notes that I feel you and a few other people had that I cannot dismiss. Um, but I do think overall the three issues that came out this week uh, were strong and exciting. And yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to, about you to, about them. To yeah. You. So we'll start off. Marauders 15 was really good. Uh, the, uh, my only complaint with 15 is this fucking dinner party went on too long. Like there are <laughs> so we have four ish. Like this is a problem. My overall problem with this pretty is honestly pretty simple. It's the 22 issue event. The actual event is turned out more and more to be about probably like four issues. <laughs> I feel like the gathering of the swords ended up being more important because of how little the swords have had to do with it. And I know that sounds um, that that sounds at cross purposes, but as somebody pointed out, it definitely seems more like the swords were the entry ticket. Yeah, like which, that was that was how they they gained access to which, this overarching tournament. So now it turns so it turns out having to actually fight for the swords. And then that that's being their purpose was to get them into Otherworld and get them into this tournament, uh, which turns out to not be a collection of sword fights. I am actually – the more I sit with it, the more okay I am with it. I would be if it wasn't like we just spent – it would be like watching MCU for 18 movies. We had this build up against Thanos. And then the 19th movie, it's a polka competition. That's my problem. I think too much. If this was a turn they were going to do, I wish it would have happened three issues ago. I think we spent too much time making a big deal out of it. So for those who don't know, Marauders fifteen, we get more dinner party. Party. It did have one of my favorite panels from this, which was uh, Apocalypse talking to his wife slash ex wife. As it, one is poisoned. Cipher, one is healed. Cipher, there's chaos going no, about. They, they were trying to poison Wolverine. Yes. Or tried to poison Wolverine. Cipher is like, well, if you're not going to eat your sushi, I am. Yeah. Gets poisoned. Um, there's poison, all this stuff, and the, the great line of Apocalypse was looking at his wife and be like, you did a great job raising the kids. And she's like, I did the best I could under the circumstances. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really well written panel. It's, a, it's kind of, I think it's the standout panel of these three issues because it's the one that I keep seeing. Um, Posted the most with with positive connotations. Yeah. Um. Over on the internet. 
Yeah, hundred percent. It's uh, it's more of setting up again. It's more the dinner party we've now had. Again, this is issue four of them in already in other world and just kind of hanging out and doing dinner party shit and talking, shooting the shit with their opponents. And then uh, we that goes in Excalibur, which uh, is I just want to come out and say one of the worst paced issues I have read in a long time. I think that's absolutely fair. Um, we open with the first and so far only sword fight between um, the unbeaten, whatever. We, we should mention in a fucking, basically in a less spectacular version of a medieval gathering restaurant. Uh, medieval times, yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, basically, yeah. It's just a little bitty rinky dink. In fact, I think I think somebody even calls out that it's like a medieval, like they got better service at medieval times. It's a, yeah, it's a little bitty rinky dink, just little thing, and yeah, and it is uh, yeah the unbeaten whatever her name is uh, yeah. versus Betsy versus uh, Betsy Captain Britain, and the thing is Captain Britain doesn't die; she shatters, and no one knows why. But um. Opal Lunar Saturnine gives the point to Araco anyway, yeah. and it seems like so – again, this is not something I saw myself, but somebody online pointed this out. It seems like Jim Jaspers or her brother um, – actually more like – I think it was more likely Jamie Braddock, sorry um, – probably – since he bet against his sister, to, uh, expecting to make some money, probably shattered her using his reality warping powers and is therefore also going to be the way that she gets brought back at the end of the tourney. Also, it does seem like fitting vengeance for Saturnine, who does not like Elizabeth usurping the Captain Britain role. I'm sure she was absolutely fine with Betsy losing but not dying but also suffering. So it definitely seems like a very – Every, everything about the tournament, again, kind of spoiler alert here, everything about the tournament has been super manipulated by uh, Saturnine at this moment. And again, I think it's interesting that while it very clearly seems to be favoring the Araco team, the Araco team is bleeding resources and people, um, even while the, the X-Men on the surface are losing points. Um, to jump ahead an issue, before we – I mean we're going to – we're definitely going to need to talk about Excalibur. But the, the biggest point of this where it's just like, oh, Saturnine is literally just making rules up as it goes along. And yeah. again, somebody on, online pointed this out. is like this has basically become WWE to tie it back to the conversation we were having earlier. Um, I, that's, I don't know. I, I don't defend the real law, but this is, this is Mario Party. <laughs> this is just like – well, just that, that she's like a she's a WWE announcer, and that Wolverine manages to kill Summoner, the other supposedly oh, unkillable. Yeah, creature. that one was. And then, and then the call is well, it was fight to the death. He died, so they get the point. And that's that was when I was like, okay, Saturnine is very clearly making up rules yeah. as she goes along. And honestly, again, I'm absolutely down for it because I I, I, tr- I trust Hickman I to have I a plan. <laughs> I to have a plan for what Saturnine's ultimate goal behind this is. Uh maybe. But let, let's jump back to Excalibur because I know you oh, had some yeah. issues with that. So we yeah, so Betsy uh gets shattered. Well Wolverine, everyone's pissed off, they're trying to kill her when there's there's all this fighting, there's all stuff about to break out. Meanwhile, Cypher is being taken by the cast of Midsommar and they're going <laughs> They're going to a mysterious place as magic as magic just kind of somehow even though they're only allowing cipher in somehow magic just wanders in everything kind of feels like a dream sequence, mm-hmm. but it's not. Uh, and then uh, cipher's getting married. 
to um, Bell the whatever. Yeah, Bye he the, went, does a, 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 an interest, slightly interesting idea, which is he can't understand what she's saying. Of course, part of his power and part of who he is, he can understand anyone and anything at any point. And, he's, and her, as she speaks telepathically, we yeah. find out because her actual power is, is basically a black bolt situation. She can telepathically speak, but she can't actually talk because her power, allow her voice is destructive. But when speaking telepathically, Doug cannot understand her, which makes him, for the first time, absolutely fascinated by somebody because he's there. He doesn't know who they are. And I think it's, I think the scene is actually really well handled because it's from Doug's point of view. Yeah, if the scene if this was in a different book, it, I'd be great. We just I think we spent way too I think they went too serious and too far into the trying to prepare him for a fight to turn it around like this. And then the one that bugged me most I'm I know I texted it to you, but yeah, we have we literally have a page for Wolverine threatening to gut people. Mm. And then the next time we see him He's making like straight up sitcom wedding humor, mm-hmm. which is like someone's like, I thought he was going to die in a sword fight, but instead he's getting married. And we'll be like, that's who says that's a, you know, or that's probably the worst choice. Yeah. It's like, okay. that And I mean, and in fairness, like I like the idea of Gorgon can't contain himself from laughing again. That's a funny little moment, but it's just a weirdly paced moment to come right after. And then. Uh, Jubilees decided, what the fuck, I want to be part of this party, and then rides in on our dragon well, son. She, she had the telepathic link with Betsy. That hasn't been answered because Betsy's quote-unquote dead. So we've got, we've got to contend with that, too. But and then one thing, that I actually, one thing that I actually like is that Saturnine just immediately, like, mind-controls uh, Shogo in dragon oh, yeah. form. And it's like, I've always wanted a dragon. You're That's mine now. true. A dragon's cool, but also, like, Jubilees know what's going on, and also this weird Jubilee Psylocke thing. That's the first time X Swords were like, I didn't know this was a thing, that they had some psychic link. Because you're not following Excalibur. Yeah, well, if, if they made Excalibur a good book, I would buy it. Clearly, I'm buying every other X Men book almost. Uh, I am. It's. It, I'm yeah. buying Hellions now. Yeah, like, I don't. What the fuck is going on with the Hellions? That's a whole other thing of. They, yeah, they, they're supposed to have another tie-in issue. They do. They, it's like I think next week, which is it's just weird that they set up this like their point. It's just be, their the Hellions books is the one book that you don't have to read shit to understand any of it. The only thing that important happened last Hellions that had any kind of lasting effect was King Maddox Sinister got a lost. fucking cape. I was gonna say Sinister lost his cape. Yeah, that's a, the biggest plot point so far. And we only have one more Hellions tie-in, so it's not like they're gonna do something crazy, crazy. It's like no, it's it's definitely the Red Skies tie-in issue of um of Exoswords. Yeah, it's uh that. So yeah, they they get married and they're the uh, Jubilee's got to drag her. She tries to crash it, and then Saturnine's Saturnine's apparently like super fucking powerful. This bitch can is she is Omega to the tenth degree apparently, and just can do everything. It's her, the thing is, it's her world. It's other worlds. She's powerful here because it's other worlds. Other world. I'm gonna say again, other world's the worst idea anyone ever had. That's the worst Alan Moore idea in the world. Nothing um, good has come actually, from Alan Moore. I was actually kind of discussing this with my uh, my um, LCS owner the other day, and uh, yeah, he he was basically like, um, they need to get out of other world. Other world doesn't sell. Other it's just, world. It's, it's, it's a big. It's a big cosmic like. I, it's a big 
idea that doesn't fit with X-Men and it just it doesn't work for 90% of X readers. You really have to be somebody like me who read all the weird offshoot 80s Claremont shit to yes. to have any kind of appreciation for it. And even my appreciation starting to get a little tested, man. I have now seen more of my favorite X writers fall to the sword of Otherworld. No pun intended. Yeah, than any other X-Men trope, event, or idea. It is like, again, we have, this is now, several writers have tried to tackle Otherworld, and I have just learned, don't touch Otherworld. If I have learned anything. I, either way, I'm, so that happens. Uh, he get, They get married, they make out, they're happy, they they both get a point. Uh, yeah, they got married, so that's cool. Uh, then Wolverine, I can't exactly, oh yeah. I, I, I flat out loved this whole issue. I loved half and hated half. Uh, we start out uh, with, honestly, uh, I think a cool beginning, Magic going to this upside down land. It's really kind of cool. It looks like again set up for a big sword fight, but of course this is now X of Swords, and uh, it's not a not a sword fight. It's an arm wrestling contest with Prog Rorg or Perg Perg, whatever his name is. Pog or Pog, Pog or Pog. Uh, so that's another a really cool character. That like he gets he wins arm wrestling. It's over. So that's done. Uh, we get a really a really brutal but really short Wolverine Sumner fight. But it's 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 it looks like it's so much bigger than I what just, we actually see because the panel work is so right. tremendous. I just it does feel like a, this this is a problem. This this book is really really hedging on bait and switch tactics that I normally wouldn't say is a problem. But it's like again, fifteen issues of build up for this, and it's not. It's that. a th- it's a three page sword fight, and I think it's actually handled pretty well. It's personally. handled fine. Uh, but again, even then, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Sumner gets killed, sword through the eye, but then, you know, oh, it's a fight to the death. When then Wolverine goes, gets drunk with Storm, as uh, that's there, it's uh, a Krakoa versus Krakoa, Araka versus Araka, and it's Storm facing Wolverine in a drinking contest, uh, Solemn versus War in a sword fight. Uh, but, but then Solemn calls his marker in. Yeah, which I can't. I feel like that was a plot point that I wish would have had a cooler reveal instead of the deal that they made that saw that Wolverine owes Solemn a fight. But it's a drunk Wolverine who has drunken something that has taken away his ability to heal. And this fight, but, but his adamantium skeleton still manages to save the day because it's you know the the fight is to whoever loses the limb first. Yeah. So it's it's kind of great that Wolverine is it's, about is about because he can't he can't physically lose a limb unless he is extremely sloppy, yeah. which he is not. Uh, but the point still goes to Araco because he's representing Araco in yeah. that particular battle. Here's the part I hate though: Duggan and Percy can't fucking write a drunk character to save their life. Okay, that's fair. It was the like definition of a sitcom, like they're acting drunk, where he's like. Or it's like, oh, you're you're Solemn's old lady, or you're uh, Summoner's old lady. Oh no! I think uh, it was Summoner's mom, actually. No, he says old lady. Okay, that's because it stuck out in my head. I'm like that sounds like a weird line for Wolverine to say. That's fair. Uh, yeah, it's it's your Summoner's old lady, and lots of dots and burpy sounds type of stuff. Yeah, uh, and then uh. They fight. Like I said, she, uh, Wolverine managed to cut her uh, arm off. Uh, so now we are getting, we're just towards the end, and now I've gone from, 
I'm glad I did not put X-Swords in my favorite events. Because it's quickly gone from an event I loved every second of to I just want it to be over now. I'm very curious how you're going to feel about the books coming out this week. Because I'm, I'm still... Uh, again, I, I feel like I've drank the Kool-Aid. I'm still down. I went ahead and pre-ordered the hardcover collection, mostly because if it, if it craps out, the collection doesn't come out until January and I can cancel my own That's pre-order. Fair. But uh, um, I, I wanted to lock in a cheaper price, and I feel like this is going to be an event that I'm going to want to go back and revisit, much like House of X Powers of 10. It's just, I uh, want it to be. I, I'm, I'm in, man. I'm sorry. I'm I, in. No, don't be sorry. I'm glad. Like Me and Daniel were trying to figure it out. We were trying to wrap our hands around because we're, again, now it's called Dangerous Humans. It was called New Weird. We love the weirder side, but this just felt like not the not the right kind of weird. This felt like this wasn't David Lynch weird. This was uh, the guy that made Donnie Darko. No, this was Tommy this Wiseau. Sounds like is terrible. This was Tommy Wiseau weird. I can't give you that. Man. I can't. I can't, I can't go drunken that far. drunken house uh, a sword, an event about swords turned into a drunken house party. I just, I'm, I cannot, I cannot back you on that, man. I'm sorry. I, I can okay. give you whatever, whatever his auteurness that made Southland Tales. I'll give you that. Oh, I, I wish it were, if it was that, I'd be okay with. I can't do that. I, yeah, I, this I'm was really, the first. I'm really, really, really looking forward to hearing what you think about, uh, um, I'll get him. The, the next issues. Cause it, I, I'm really wondering if this is just a, a, a downward blip or a downward slope for you. I don't know. It's, it's. Yeah, they're te- teetering because, like that. Again, I did love Marauders. That Marauders was great. Again, I thought the party went on a little too long, but I liked Marauders. And man, it just quickly went downhill. And maybe, maybe these next ones will hold me better because also I just I've learned anything. I don't like Timmy Howard's writing. Excalibur just yeah, it, 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 it's, was, it's 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 definitely you've you've reached your um, your tipping point with teeny howard and that's yeah. fair because i'm getting there and man i, I want to like excalibur so well, much more you, than i do i've tried you said the quirky humor isn't bad it's not bad It like the humor actually works it does but i think it always feels weird because the way she writes characters does feel so off from how the characters are written in just the previous and post book mm-hmm. so it always feels like a little off like saturnine is such a bigger uppity bitch in mm-hmm. teeny's books yeah, like she goes from she goes from mysterious, uh, unknown entity in the previous book to Super Saiyan Karen in Excalibur, <laughs> and then just like kind of quirky, weird weirdo in Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't, I again, I don't know because we we did Phil Lynch, we did get uh, like the kind of homage scene to not uh, kind of a bit of age of apocalypse and days should pass, but more so for the mutant massacre, but the crucifixion one where Wolverine. Yeah, no, that, that was uh, during the out, the, uh, outland. Yeah. Uh, Australia arc. Yeah. That's yeah. how Jubilee found Wolverine during the Australian arc. Yeah. Where we had a uh, Wolverine goes to kill, uh, the, the big cliffhanger for the, you know, the last of the books, Wolverine going to kill her. Although I will feel like a bit of a unresolved cliffhanger. Cause he, I, w- I almost hate how far they went in showing like the blood spilling out, uh, and that because like well no he never does that he he gets a vision of what will happen if he does that. But he, he also gets the vision that he did that. Uh, man, I don't know. He should have done we, it. Still. We're we're in his head when when that happens. He should have done it still. Like I don't think she's telling the truth. I've learned that now. 
I, I, he should have. He should have just done it. I don't. I don't think this care. I, five, that's the other thing I've learned from the Saturnite. Saturnite and Otherworld need an overhaul. Uh, Saturnite, especially. I still don't understand. Thank God Emma is not in this event because every time I still see Emma half the time. I, and that's absolutely fair. Like I get I, it. It's so weird. Uh, I, I wish I had a better explanation than it's so weird. Alan, Alan Davis versus Dave Cockerman. Yeah. Or actually, sorry, uh, John Byrne. John Byrne mm-hmm. created uh, Emma. It's a, it's an odd one, but uh, yeah, I don't. I want to turn around because I do want to like it. I don't want to hate. Hate it, hate it, and maybe maybe it's just because it's really only two issues that I didn't that I didn't like, and that is, or really two, or really one and a half issues to be completely honest, and maybe yeah. it will get better. Also, the art seemed oddly off in Excalibur. The art, I, I, don't, I don't know who the artist was, but all the everyone had dead eyes. I liked it just because I really thought that he captured Dud pretty well. That's fair. I thought like that again. I, that's where I'm having a big problem. The scene wasn't bad. It just felt like it was so... Again, the pacing was really just weird. Like, everything felt really fast. Mm-hmm. But not, like, frenetic fast. It just felt like someone, like, took way too much ADHD medicine. And was just <laughs> like, oh, they're Adderall to the max. And they want to get this out and get it going. Uh, it was just... It can work in some books. I, I don't know. It was weird. It's also, like... I'm. It'll be interesting to see what the next set of books. Because, yeah, this was... A weird tipping point where X Swords like was getting such unanimous love that I hope they can turn around because again I would love for this to be such a, a this great event and prove everyone who was hating on wrong because I feel like the first like especially the first ten issues even a lot of people that weren't looking forward to the book it really won them over mm-hmm. so I'm yeah. hoping that this can kind of turn that ship around because let's be honest X Men it's one of the last things that got left at, at Marvel and I just got them back. <laughs> I don't want to not like this. I want this to. I want to love this, and I hope I can. It yeah. does feel weird though that this late in. That's the other thing. It does feel weird that this far into the event is where it feels like we're getting to the meat of the event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because again, we only have. I mean, you you got to suspect the last issue or two are probably just going to be wrap up issues. At least the last issue, yeah. So we only really it has to be have some kind of epilogue. Yeah, can we only, so we really only have what four or five more issues left. Well, then again, you've got you've got, you got the twenty issue twenty two, and then you've got the X of Swords destruction or whatever the last issue is because you got creation stasis and I think destruction. Isn't destruction part twenty two? Oh, is it? I think damn. it is. Damn, damn. Okay, damn. So I'm pretty sure destruction is part twenty two. So that means yeah, we got uh, what seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty will be for sure probably the main story, and then 21 will probably be half of something and half leading to that. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It can still do, it can still really do some awesome stuff, and I hope it does. It's just turning more and more from, that's also part of it. It felt like such an important event, and I think this made it feel lesser to me, and that's just a personal thing where, you know, if this book isn't an Age of Apocalypse, it's my fault for thinking it was going to be an Age of Apocalypse level of altering What's right. going on? Where it may end up just being a, uh, I don't know, little bit like a little, a much smaller event. I can't even think of a smaller event now. It's uh, Messiah Complex. Yeah, but even then, that will, maybe it will be because maybe it was, maybe it will lead into something bigger. Totally could. It's Hickman, so it'll definitely lead into something. 
Right. Although we, we, well, sword, sword is coming out of this, and I'm really excited about that. Sword could be. Uh, which is another weird thing how all the preference on swords, where it's like, yeah, they don't really play a lot, even though it's, now we're going to spin off called Sword. Right. Uh, yeah, and I'm also interested because we still have, like, they're bringing back Battle or Children of the Atom, and uh, which will be. Which really, I really thought was a dead book, and I yeah. have. I, and I like Dan Kibblesmith. I have no interest in that book. It's a real wait. Dan Kibblesmith did. Um, sorry, he was going to do the the new Warriors book. Everybody was upset about. Yeah. I forget who's going to. I forget who's going to do Children of the Atom. But mm-hmm. I just. I have a man. I have no interest in that book, and um, yeah. I, I I wish it the best of luck. Both. I mean, that's fair because both those books had a very shockingly similar vibe. Yeah. I, and like the stories, what they were talking about, how they were promoting, were extremely similar. Uh, and the New Warriors probably is a dead dead book, which, I mean. I hope Dan Kibblesmith got paid. He's I hope he did guy. too. I, I hope he did too, but I, I don't know. It is one of those weird things where if that book didn't have a twist and it was what it appeared to be on the surface, that's crazy got that far. Mm-hmm. If it, after after reading Dan Kibblesmith's Loki run, I can almost guarantee you he had a twist in mind. I, I hope can he did. almost goddamn guarantee it because his, his, his Loki run was very much built on, on the idea that um, – Basically, it was it was an attempt at doing Al Ewing's Loki in the idea that um, everyone has stories and like some people have more stories than even one lifetime can contain because they're just their stories are too big and too important. Like he actually sees the the quote unquote stories, i.e. the issues of Wolverine, and he's like that that stack is impossible. No no one person can live through that, and it was just. Yeah, and there was there was a lot of meta commentary on comics and and popularity, and yeah. basically what happened was uh, before the title got canceled, what they were trying, what he was trying to do was basically Loki was trying to insert himself in other people's stories to build his legacy and make his stories more important. So he basically teams up with Wolverine for an issue to be like, I'm I am now a part of your story. I'm I am more important. So it had a lot of really interesting meta commentary ideas about comics as a whole, and I can't help but think that Kibble Smith had something similar in mind for his new warrior stuff because he just he he very clearly thinks in levels yeah and i i refuse to believe that his new warriors take was purely surface level just based on what i've read of his work prior i hope so also uh, it just dawned on me there's it's looking more and more like a real chance that the three row sword is not connected to this event yeah i don't think it is i I think that's uh utterly crazy right yeah i like I, and also, no, we've still been yet to address that the Krakoa team is, even though they, like, one person counts as two, they are at a disadvantage numbers-wise. Mm-hmm. And I bet there will probably be something to, to but to the point where I do wonder, with COVID, if maybe some of this was rewritten. I mean, sure, I'm sure some of it was. But yeah, that's the thing, is that, um, uh, yeah, uh, what's, oh god, Gorgon. Shows yeah. up with both God Killer and Grass Cutter, so he is two of the ten swords for them, yeah. and they haven't quite addressed that yet. And I'm very, very curious as to what's going to come out of that. that because again, again, I trust Hickman. There has to be a reason that that was done. But I am, you know, I'll be damned if I could tell you what it could possibly be. That was still that was another moment that like was handled really poorly and weird, where he just like shows up and like weird. That I count as two people. Like, okay, hi, Gorgon. It's yeah. still like even now I'm like I keep on racking my brain. I, I wish they would have set up. 
because now I'm I'm getting to a point where I wish I wouldn't have been. Where now I'm like, oh, I really like the story that was going on Wolverine and, and X Force, and I now don't have that. Right. No. I'm, I'm sure it will come back to it after. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm sure the Russians are plotting behind the scenes and are going to launch something major. Um, that beast is going to be at fault for somehow. Um, yeah. Coming out of Exosword. So there's there's a ton. I feel like there's a ton of potential. I really oh, there do. is. There, there's still a lot. And again, I also do love Hickman and have faith in Hickman. It's also weird, though. 2020, we have barely got any Hickman X-Men because we have now have Exoswords and we have two Empire X-Men-focused tie-ins. Mm-hmm. And... COVID he and wrote then two before of that. those four issues. <laughs> yeah. And he wrote the he wrote the ones that plot wise, you know, were important. Yeah. It's it's a very, very odd. Like Yeah. I'm hoping like crazy that we uh, he does have some crazy moment. Again, I do love what it's doing for Apocalypse. That's the only reason that I have a lot of faith because I love everything that's going with Apocalypse. Uh, but I'm gonna be <laughs> fucking pissed if Apocalypse is a Mario Party game. <laughs> like if if him and his wife come down to like a DDR game or some shit. <laughs> no, they're gonna have to have some kind. Of, they're gonna have to have some kind of knockdown drag out. Yeah. I I refuse to believe that they're not going pure. You know, full on. One one spouse is gonna have to just murk the other, just straight yeah. up slaughter. And uh, what I'm what I'm afraid is going to happen is that Apocalypse, who still has some modicum of feeling, is going to be just you know run through by yeah. his erstwhile wife. Here's the other odd thing about this. Uh, what I don't like is that they, I guess, uh, they've switched up what they're calling her. I think I know why is because now they're mostly referring to her as annihil- annihilation. Annihilation, yeah. Because they gave her the name Genesis, mm-hmm. uh, which is not a great name when you have another apocalypse running around somewhere named genesis not just that but um wasn't that the name that taylor eventually took cable's son who became a villain didn't wasn't he genesis for a while right that sounds fucking right because uh, I, I absolutely forgot about Evan Sabanur. I, I my mind went back to '90s Marvel comics and like, oh yeah, the guy that tried to give Wolverine back his adamantium in issue 100, but then turned him feral is, for a while. His name was Genesis too. How I still don't understand how. Where the fuck is Evan? Like that's another character where it's just like, why is that character? He's presumably running around Krakoa, being excited that he doesn't have to worry about living up to being Apocalypse because now there's an Apocalypse that everybody's worried about. Yeah, but I kind of feel like this. I wish, and again, I, I I hate anyone who says this, but for me personally, I'm kind of disappointed that it didn't at all play with the factor when they're talking about picking an apocalypse, picking a cable, that there are two versions of both those characters running around the universe right now. Well, to be fair, we don't, a lot of X-Men don't know that there's another cable. Old cable has Oh, we don't, itself. but I just think it would have been, like, it's one of those interesting ideas that I don't. It's, I think it's a classic case of, especially that one, oh, there's a story, we have an idea with this. Yeah, we could probably do some interest here, but that might conflict with what we do later. Right. And yeah, I uh, I guess we still, I guess, who do we still have? We still have, we still have Cable's uh, match. We still have, I guess people can be in multiple matches, though. Yeah, because Wolverine has already been in two. Yeah, Wolverine. Wolverine's well now. Wolverine's technically. I mean, he was a sub, but he's been in three motherfucking fights now. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I guess. Which uh, I wonder if that's what they're gonna get around that they have. Uh, that they have nine because that means Wolverine wasn't two. Right. So maybe they. Maybe that is how they get around that. 
And, we, and we've already had one Krakoa versus Krakoa and one Rocco versus Rocco. There's nothing saying we don't have another one of those. That's also true. That's fair. Maybe Gorgon versus Gorgon. <laughs> Gotta have, I don't know, first to cut oh, off an Lord, arm. dude. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it is an interest. I guess on one hand, it's an unforeseen twist, which... Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I'm going to have to give it much more time. I, I didn't, like, yeah, I definitely didn't love it. I, uh, I, I I think if the pacing was different, and I think if this had happened a couple issues earlier and we didn't have so much lead-up to make this feel like a big dramatic event, mm-hmm. I think it would have been better. But uh, it's, because I do love fun X-Men books, and it's been a minute since we had a real, like, because this does, on in fairness, does have the feeling of one of my all-time favorite runs where it has that fun Wolverine the X-Men vibe. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Where? absolutely true. And I've been I've been feeling the need to go back and, and finish Wolverine and the X Men oh, because I again. didn't, and I need. To. Yeah, cause I think you dropped off around AVX, and it gets really good again mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, which isn't fair. I understand. I understand why there. Uh, it yeah, the X Swords. It's it's weird, and Marvel's doing what Marvel does, which is they've already moved on to King and Black. Yep, and it's. Uh, by the way, did you read Crossover? The Donny Cates big image book. No, I did not. I flipped through it, but I did not read it. I um, I have no clue how they're going to handle their big twist. Okay, so go ahead and spoil it for me. I'm sure I'll read it eventually, but I do not mind being so. Uh, spoiled. The, um, basically, what the book is about is a co- a big giant summer comic event has somehow landed in our actual reality. Uh, and it goes in depth on like uh, it reminds me of some of the Spawn stuff we're where it names tons of superheroes from Green Lantern and Superman and Batman and Wolverine and all it names all those characters does the typical thing where like show shadows of like who's clearly that character clearly that character and eventually one of the people in that put the entire I think it's Colorado they basically put the entire area that's happening in a giant bubble okay so mask also this is one of the books that was written pre-COVID and clearly uh it's been very fortunate for COVID because one of the big things throughout the book is God hates masks. <laughs> so it, it actually works extremely well in the current climate. Uh, the main character like works at one of the last remaining comic shops who sells what they call pre-event books, which are like the books that we read and rehab. And they have made like post-event books that are comics, like trying to celebrate just real humans and sheriffs. And it's kind of retrofitted to a more, westerns and soldier books and shit like that how the book ends is what they call a fake a fake has somehow gotten out of the bubble and this little girl and it's kind of how it's drawn is really cool because they have like uh the ditko dots and shit like that or the not ditko dots the uh kirby crackle yes a little bit yeah they have they have the dots they have the crackle they have like the very signature comic looks Gotcha. Uh, okay. and a fake is out and she's like well how do you know people are freaking out they don't know how to do and she asks how did you get out, these people are throwing Molotov cocktails at the shop, and they're trying to escape, and she's, she's like, oh, I can draw who did this, and she hands him the drawing, and it's a crude drawing, but the drawing of Superman. Mm. And it's like, I don't know how this book uh, can name drop all these people and handle literally setting up that Superman is involved in the main plot. Yeah, unless they do, unless they do fake out and it's Supreme, because it is an image book. That's fair. Well, like, I was kind of expecting that of Supreme or Superman, or not Superman, sorry, or Spawn, or some mm. shit like that. Right. Uh, Supreme's not a bad call. 
I had for I didn't think of that. Although, let me really quick. Does Supreme? Let me do, look a pick image them really quick because they make a big point on one thing, and I can't. It's been a minute since I've read any Supreme. So let me look real quick at a picture of Supreme while I'm doing this. Uh, well, no, see, I think I don't think it can be Supreme because they make a big deal of putting an S on their chest. Okay, but I'm what I'm what I'm thinking is that they could just it's just a redesigned Supreme costume. Possibly. I'm possibly because you're right. He does not. I'm looking at my Alan Moore Supreme yeah. collection trait now, and yeah, I thought I thought he did have a some kind of S on his chest, but he doesn't. But I still that's that's my guess. That's my bet is that it's it's um it's going to end up being the the Superman knockoff Supreme since he is an image character. Possibly, uh, I don't know. I can play with my only my only maybe is like DC especially has been more open to doing. Crossover events, whether it be Black Hammer, Justice League, Power Rangers, Justice League, Team and T, Batman, any of that kind of stuff. Right. I don't. You're not wrong. Yeah, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, especially with it being Donny Cates and, a, and how much they've hyped up this image book. Mm-hmm. That maybe there's a possibility they worked out some kind of secret deal. I don't think that what happened, but also it's not a miniseries; it's an ongoing. Right. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh shit. I actually did not know that. I said right, but then immediately realized I did not know that. So I also I just have no fucking clue. Right. Uh, it definitely. I mean, it's definitely a good cliffhanger because it's definitely yes. a how do you? It's a really good book, but it's like how do you possibly handle this? Yeah. Now I've. Uh, I think I've mentioned this to you before. I may have mentioned it on the podcast. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it to you off mic. I think I'm not really a Donny Cates fan. I just like his Venom run. That's fair. Like every, right. everything else I've tried from him, I didn't really enjoy the Thor of his that I read. I could not get into his Guardians. Um, I've, I will admit, I've never read any of, uh, what is it, God Country or in, any of oh, his. Oh, yeah. Um, his God Country, I really, yeah, I love that. I've never read any of his independent work. But yeah, as far as as far as far the superhero work, I, I dig his Venom stuff, but that's, that's about all I've really gotten into with him. So that's ultimately uh, why I did not pick up Crossover. That's fair. Like, I love a lot of his shit. Uh, he has a, definitely has similar sensibilities to me. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's totally fair. Uh, no, I've definitely noticed that, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's like, cause I think the only thing I didn't like from him is his Guardians. I don't... I That was not great. Well, he he, he Cosmic Ghost Rider all over it, and that just didn't feel... What do you mean? Uh, I, I actually I did I read the entirety of Silver Surfer Black oh, I did. I like um, that. on Marvel Unlimited and I didn't hate the rest of it as much as I hated the first issue yeah. but it just it it for for a Silver Surfer fan um, as much as I enjoyed the Chad Moore art I just I could not that's, I could not into it I think that's fair because it does like I love it a lot but it does have so much to do with Null and Venom that I mean. It's its own thing, but also it's clearly tied into specifically his things, and it's a story of his world instead of a Silver Surfer first story. Yeah. So I can I think that's totally fair because, like, I, I have a signed copy of Silver Surfer Black. But that being said, I have a signed copy because it is a really cool tie-in to Venom, and it's how I more look at it. Right. Well, it's like you know, I, I bought Immortal She-Hulk. Um, and I very nearly put it in my X-Men comics for a while just because the conversation between uh, Jennifer and Wolverine in that yeah. issue is so perfect for what's going on in the Hickmanverse right now um, prior to X-Swords that it just it, it almost felt like it fit in there. 
for a minute, it felt like it fit in there better than it fit in with the overall Immortal Hulk thing. Turns out when you finish the issue, it's like, oh, no, this is actually very much important to the story or the overarching story of the Green Door. But, yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I can understand that. We didn't talk about it. Do you think Sumner is actually dead? I do, actually. Um, I, I feel like the way it was set up with the with the ever-changing worlds and how they were both unkillable, but they all, they both had weaknesses. Uh, Rock Slide at an earlier issue talked about how Summoner's weakness was his eyes. Um, the fact that he had that conversation with the character who brings back dead people into his armies, resurrects them every day, and he's like, I just want to have one death. I feel like all signs point to, narratively, this is where this, the, this character was headed. The really sad thing about this is they, they have introduced so many interesting designs and cool characters. It's going to be a pity if they are all just gone after this. Right. But then again, I mean, I feel like that's kind of Hickman's thing. Like, I certainly don't feel like the Obsidian Order was supposed to keep going after Infinity, but Marvel needed to, you know, make that dollar, especially once the Obsidian Order made it into the movies. So they got spinoffs and miniseries and all that shit. Yeah. So that's that's one thing I, I really love and appreciate about it. Hickman is he's he's not afraid to introduce new characters, new concepts, new designs and ideas into a world where they, he does not have ownership of those. And it's it's a rare thing for a creator to to do that so much and so often. Um, I mean, Bendis tried but he was only successful really with jessica jones and miles morales a lot of people especially around the x-men world just you know recycle the old the same old villains and the same old characters because it's not worth it to make new things for new toys for a company that's not going to pay you for those toys beyond the initial paycheck so the fact that hickman continues to do so be it the obsidian order be it the uh denizens of araco um be it the uh the wives of uh King Blackbolt over in his Fantastic Four run, be it the fucking uh, Shield book that he did, yeah, or um, Secret Warriors. Dude is constantly he's an he's an idea machine, and he's constantly putting these new concepts and new characters into a universe that has had a dearth of them since arguably Ghost Rider and Wolverine in the seventies. I mean, sure you had like the New Warriors and Darkhawk and stuff, but none of those really took root, and at least. Hickman is, you know, trying in a way that I feel like a lot of creators, uh, reasonably and rightfully, don't. Did this is kind of topic that made me think of Big Rider? Did you see uh, Jeff Johns and Gary Frank have an image book coming out? I did, and I could not care. Yeah, it's uh, it's also apparently teasing a, a sequel to Three Jokers, so that's fun. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that it was that Three Jokers was definitely getting. A, uh, a sequel, and it's just like, I couldn't care. It's so shit. Yeah, now I... That's, it's weird how DC is definitely a, a tale of two cities, where on one hand you have Future State, and it's huge push for new creators, new creative, new characters, new worlds, new stories, new ways to tell stories, and then somehow that same company, on the other hand, is talking about a Three Joker sequel. Yeah. It's freaking bizarre. I, it's so odd that that's the case. We also didn't talk about uh, Grant Morrison came out as non-binary, which... I mean, it's something 
that he's talked about for a long time. It's a, yeah, it's the, uh, the other podcast I listened to had a really good discussion about whether or not this is actually news. Because, I mean, he said before, uh, you know, Lord Fanny and, and Invisibles uh, is based on his own personal experience. He's dressed as a woman and gone out on the town and, you know, made yeah. out with, uh, God, who was it? The guy that did Shade the Changing Man. Oh, Peter Milligan. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, excuse me, they yeah. have, have, have discussed this, you know, before. And the thing was, it came out in an interview where they were talking about how wonderful language is because it turns out that you can have terms like this that you didn't have when they were younger and growing up. Yeah. That, that's, that's where the non-binary thing came from because he's like, I can finally identify as something. They, they came out and said that they yeah. can finally identify as something. And I don't know. I, just, I feel like that's not really a news story so much as somebody taking something that had already been established and pulling it out of context and making a bigger deal out of it than it actually is. Possibly. I, I think it's it makes sense, I think, in the current sphere, having such a major writer uh, that's always op- you know, very openly been on the side of LGBTQ+, but also now can fully identify as one of them without having any other caveats or weird asterisks that's the name, I think does, uh, does quite a... I think it's a cool thing. I don't know... Again, yeah, I don't think it actually changes shit because that's they've lived their life in a very specific way for a long time now so it's not like yeah that that was also like very unsurprising news yeah that wasn't a shocker by any means right i I think anyone claiming that was a shocking moment just uh doesn't keep up with graham morrison right exactly i am you know i'm liking their Green Lantern work. I am really, really hoping we do get some something bigger from them soon. Yeah, oh, I did want to say you actually just uh, made me remember. Uh, Black Stars finally hit DC Universe because they haven't done done their six month jump yet. Oh yeah, so we're still a year behind. Um, I really fucking enjoy Black Stars. Black Stars is great. Like, I hate to admit it. Don't hate. But... Like, Green Lantern is probably going to end up being the most slept on Morrison work because it does get so good after. Like, even though the beginning's not bad, like, the first 12 issues are still really solid issues, still really good. I, I feel like it kind of fell apart after about halfway through, because I, I, I was really digging it for the yeah. first, I, up until about the annual, and then I really kind of fell off it after the annual, and I dropped it when uh, it went to the Black Star story, because he, he telegraphed the, the Legion Wish Machine so hard, and I feel like he's he's pulled that That is definitely where your comics knowledge comes as kind of a detriment, almost. Yeah, because it's like he, he did. He already did that once in Final Crisis, and I feel like going to that well again just felt really cheap to me. That's fair. There's, I, I'm, I don't know because I know they they also I haven't watched Brave New World because again it's on Peacock. I do want to watch <laughs> that because Morrison's you know one of not the showrunner but had a lot to do with that show and was a writer on a lot of episodes. And they, uh, I, I know there's a lot of talk of the Invisible Show. Uh, who knows where where that's at in development? What's going to happen there? I know I've read some recent interviews, but it just sounds like uh, nothing, no major news. Yeah, uh, I still am shocked that Morrison hasn't outright written any episodes of Who. Right. That's he, still, he wrote some comics way yeah. back in his early career, and that's literally all he's had to do with it. And that is strange. That is very weird. Because like you, you have Neil Neil Gaiman's done a ton. 
Uh, I don't more. The fact that more and Morrison haven't done a shit ton of episodes already is shocking. Yeah, you would have thought those Which, two. Um, sorry, I gotta say again. He, I mentioned this in a text. I'm finally halfway through the uh, the Bill oh, season, the final season of uh, 12's yeah. Doctor Who, Peter Baldi's Doctor Who, and oh, good. good God, it gets so good in this final season. Oh, that, if you if you mentioned this, Bill, you uh, finally watched uh, uh, Heaven Sent. The, I don't know if I'm that far. Uh, the, well, it's after Claire. Uh, yeah, when Claire goes. Um, I'm sure I did, but I have no memory of it. The uh, the big May the big maze episode. Oh, Evan said Hellbent. Yeah, no, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, where he's uh, trapped for like he's trapped in the maze for like millions and millions and millions of and years. He, he, he literally punches the wall every time he gets to it, yeah. and eventually wears it down just by sheer. Like literally millions of years yes. of, of yeah 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 no that uh, that was a big episode for me like oh yeah this is he's he's amazing as a doctor yeah that was fair that, fact yeah yeah that was the episode where like that's probably if we I know we've talked about doing our favorite who episodes at some point that's that is uh, probably my top five maybe top ten but it's it's up there I love that episode of death I think that's fair uh, I think that's absolutely fair although that's the only thing the Clara. Uh, how they handle Clara throughout them is kind of weird because she has like several weird deaths basically yeah they keep killing her and then when they finally kill her kill her it just of, feels kind of anticlimactic well even then they kill her kill her but they give her like this, this uh, a cheat button yeah it's like oh well you're not alive but you're not dead and you can experience anything you want to and then when you're ready you can die right like, okay that's yeah, no, Bill Bill is such a great character. I, I do I hate how that character didn't get a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm I feel kind of ashamed because the combination of and I'm a man enough to admit this, the fact that she's not as traditionally attractive as a lot of the previous companions, and then knowing that she only got one season as a companion pretty much led me to write her off and, and not have really real interest in her until I actually started seeing her as a companion. And, oh, my God, I've fallen in love with Bill as a companion. Yeah, she's no, brilliant. Her and uh, what's his name? He's got a weird name in the show. He's on the British Bake Off now. Uh, Matt Lucas? Yeah, Matt Lucas' Nardole? character. Yeah, whatever his character name is. Nardole. Nardole, yeah. I love those two. Although, I feel like he becomes a companion in such a non-manner. Like, he's just there now. Like, okay, yeah. he's on the show now. But I do love, I think he's great in it, too. Well, he's, he's there representing River Song. And I yeah. actually, find, finding that out, uh, which was the most recent episode I've been on, was discovering that he's, uh, quote-unquote, got the license to kick the doctor's ass. Yeah. Um, was uh, a pretty solid reveal. Yeah, no, there. Oh, it's so great. You are. Yeah, that that's great. Uh, it goes after that season. It goes downhill fast for a long time. Doesn't you like some of Jodie Hauser stuff. I Not like Jody her Hauser. as a doctor. I like jo- uh, Jodie Whittaker. Uh, Jodie yeah. Whittaker. I like her. Jodie Hauser's a writer. Yeah, I like her as a doctor, but the story, like, she just never had any good stories. And then again, the. I, as every person has talked about, the the big twist of last season is just too much. It's it's it is a again a it 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 lives up to all the negative hype it's getting. But you said it it could potentially break the entire show. Oh, it, it has the show broken right now. They're gonna have to do something okay. to change it because it it does. 
I will say it, it's super. It turns the Doctor into a superhero way too much. Gotcha. It, it gives the Doctor a origins, a definitive, as of now, a quote unquote definitive origin story that's way too like chosen one esque. Gotcha. Which kind of defeats so much of the point of the Doctor. Right. Uh, so I don't know. I hope. Hopefully, it'll. Uh, They'll have some crazy, you know, again, hire Morrison to fix it. <laughs> Give him. I, I'm sure he has some, I'm, I can, I would bet every penny in my account that he has some crazy who story ready to go within, like, give that man a month. Or, sorry, give them a month. And right. uh, I, he, they will get it done. I would not doubt it. That's the only problem with changing pronouns. I mean, you've known somebody or known of them for someone so long. That's the only mm. annoying Thing about that, yeah, I feel I am. Um, I misgendered someone um, after specifically asking what their pronouns were and being pretty good about it. Um, because I'm I'm so southern that I very I, I say sir or ma'am just as, yeah. a, as a pretty reflexive thing. And you know his name's Oliver, but he still has a lot of feminine features, and yeah. uh, his voice is still very feminine. And I was leaving uh, one day. He works at the the, the used bookstore I was going to, and. Uh, we've, we've gotten to chatting a lot and he, he's a pretty good guy I really like him he's, he's a lot of fun he's very cool uh, but as I was leaving I said thank you ma'am oh. sir and I just because it's just my my natural tendency and I felt it, it very clearly didn't uh, bother him or if it did bother him he didn't let it you know go very long yeah. but I felt sick for so long uh, afterwards I definitely think it's, I think most people in position as long as you correct yourself and as long as it's clearly not a mal, you know malintentioned moment Mm-hmm. I don't. I think most psychologists appreciate anyone in position appreciates that. Oh, you are making the effort to make sure to correct yourself and make sure that. Oh, I didn't mean it now because I definitely from being very close to people that have to deal with a lot of that. It's uh, the the mo- most of the time it's only bad when someone going out of their way to misgender and continuously do it just to upset them or just get a rise out of them, right? Or just to prove whatever point they think they're proving. That's. That's typically the only times where that kind of shit is really an issue. Normally in that scenario, it's like, yeah, that's, ah, whatever. It, it ha- mistakes can happen here and there, especially if you, yeah, like I said, if you're presenting a certain way or you present or not presenting a certain way, it, it can happen. It's not, if there's no hate behind it, it's nowhere near the faux pas or badness as far as it's almost, it can be, it can almost be worse if you like start doing that, go overly out of your way to like make up for it. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, it's a trick. It's an ever-changing world and ever-changing things, but I think as long as you're making the effort and trying to be respectful, it doesn't it doesn't get bad. Like I had it last, especially when it's normal. So the only my only exception to that, and it very rarely happens when it is a the the more extreme end. But I have only ever encountered one person that's at the extreme end of wanting wanting to go by things that are not commonly used pronouns or words and then it does become like a mind fuck of a I don't even know his word to be honest I'll try gotcha. to use, I'll make I'll try to make sure to use it but uh, I don't know his word so it's gonna take a minute to be in my vernacular right thankfully I've not encountered anything like that yeah I think that's a much more rare thing I think most of the people that actually have as long as you you know do uh, as long as you make an attempt to make sure that they are the gender that they are and identify as and it's not that bad it's again i want i want to know one person had a fit about that but i was also a person had a fit about everything and it was always just 
I, uh, annoying because I've heard I've heard people on that side that say it is much more annoying to have a friend that sticks up to the Instagram so it's like a, makes a scene out of it mm-hmm. than it is to have someone just correct or is natural about oh I'm sorry I meant this yeah uh, yeah so with Morrison that definitely makes me feel better yeah with Morrison especially because they have been alive for almost twice my life mm-hmm. and. I've known of them for the past, since I've really started diving into comics, it'll be, it, it will be weird, those are the slip-ups that always happen, especially with they, them, because those pronouns can just always be, take a minute to get used to. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, uh, there's a lot, there's, like, we mentioned earlier, next week we have more Exosaurus, we will be doing, we have a respawn coming up for volume 11, which, holy shit, we're at volume 11. Yep, and some definitely interesting things are afoot in the series oh, yeah. itself. Um, I've I've read the first issue of of the uh, volume. Uh, already intrigued, looking forward to seeing where it goes. Um, yeah, very exciting stuff there. Um, we've talked before on this podcast several times on and off. Um, a little update. Hopefully, Space is Awful issue three will be on Comicsology. By the end of November, uh, we had yes. another rejection because for some reason the uh, pages were not saving at a high enough resolution. It was causing some artifact issues with the pages. I passed them back to the artist. He passed them off to a computer expert who hopefully got them saved correctly, and then we re-uploaded to Comixology. I'm hoping by the end of this week we will hear uh, whether or not the book has been accepted and what the release date is going to be. So hopefully I'll have some kind of announcement for that next week on Respawn. Uh, again, just for those of you following the book on Comixology, which you should because it's only 99 cents. Yes. Uh, an issue. So Space is Awful on Comixology. Please give it a look. 100%. Uh, that'll be that's something i'm looking forward to and a lot of people are uh, also keeping in uh because I, I know we have friends of the podcast and friends of dangerous humans uh, they also have a book coming out i want to say next week they also ran into some delays uh, it is called children of the grave i don't believe it's available digitally but i know it's coming out in stores you can, i know it's on a lot of order sheets and also like things from another world you can order it from there and uh, I would say another place that we used to order from, but based on recent information, I don't want to promote them. Uh, but there are yeah, there, yeah, there <laughs> other places. I will say, thanks for another world. You have become now one of my main physical places, so good on you. I'm going to need to look into them because there's some uh, Spider-Man back issues that I want to order. I'll see if they can, if I can get anything. I can. Uh, they're very good on newer stuff. I can't promise on older stuff, but I don't. Totally fair. Uh, um, I'm also I'm also I'm watching a couple of. Um, eBay lots that uh, I might be able to pick up fairly yeah, cheap. So I we'll see. I hate also I hate that people have to suck and also for some reason openly promote their suckage. It's true. It's like, um, keep that sucky shit to yourself, man. Don't. Yeah. Hashtag just run your goddamn business. Yeah. Don't. Don't. <laughs> I mean, you can run it how you want to. I don't know. We can. We're, we're I, on one hand. I want to be fair and be like, hey, if you don't want to listen to us because we're talking about binary we're talking about what people identify as that's you know what that's your own thing if you end up but also we're not going to support people that go far the other direction either it's absolutely true uh but we do want to support people who uh love this show and follow the show so thank you all so much who are listening to this who have downloaded this whether it be spotify or itunes that seems to be the main two places you guys like 
like to get us out, and that's easy. That's fine, because that's where we're at every week with no trouble or no problem. Uh, Truth. Yeah. You mentioned earlier we have Respawn coming uh, next week? Yes. And yeah. then we're going to have to do a skip week, because that week is Thanksgiving, oh, I believe. Yeah, yeah. God damn, this year. I cannot I know, believe right? Thanksgiving is already... We we literally went from like the the 125th of March to Thanksgiving is next is like in two weeks. Uh, yeah, it, March was 2020 through 2025, and somehow we're in 2017 when it gets to December. Because yep. I don't understand how this year is going by so fast. I don't understand how March went by so slow. It the only thing I can compare it to it reminds me so much of being back in high school where. The days felt like they went on forever, but before you knew it, it was Christmas break, and then before you knew it, it was spring break. Yeah, and it's it's been bonkers. Um, but yes, I'm I'm very much looking forward to respawn next week. We want to hear from you. Yes. Talk to us. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what's on your mind. Uh, ask us who we are verbally subtweeting. Um, <laughs> you can find us on our email at blah, blah podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash blah, blah podcast. You can find us on Twitter where I am at blah, blah pod. I am at hell. How five as I am on Instagram as well. And on Instagram, I am at blah, blah podcast. Um, yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. We super appreciate it. We would love to know what your opinion on the latest issues of Exo Swords yes. were. Um, do, do you back me and totally uh, zombie out for Hickman? Do you back Colby and have very reasonable complaints about these issues? Dying to know. Join the conversation. We love you all so much. Thank you for listening. Um, good night. Good night, everybody. Good night.